Athletic Former Players Association podcast is sponsored by Starna Apparel. Affordable and stylish clothing born on the terraces. Listeners of this podcast can get 10% off their order by using code PODCAST at the checkout. Just head to www.starnaapparel.co.uk. Welcome to the Dunfermline Athletic Former Players Association podcast, Walking Down the Holbeith Road. Join us as we take a trip down memory lane of some of the most iconic players and managers to grace the pitch at East End Park. From reminiscing about their glory days to sharing insights on the game today, these legends will offer a unique viewpoint on the beautiful game. I'm your host, Mikey Mokkiewicz, and on this latest episode, we speak to Graham Robertson, who signed for the club in 1987 from Queen of the South. He played for the Pars for three seasons, including the club's first ever season in the Premier League, and the promotion-winning season of 1988-89. In this podcast, Graham speaks about his memories of playing for the club during a golden period under Jim Leishman, then returning to East End Park under Bert Payton and Dick Campbell as the club's first-ever community coach in 1994. He was given the task of developing young players and improving the club's relationship with the community of Dunfermline and beyond. Graham was a fantastic guest who provided story after story, and it's clear in this podcast how much his time at Dunfermline meant to him and his family, who took Dunfermline to their heart. So sit back, relax, and get ready to relive some memorable moments as we walk down Holbeath Road with Graham Robertson. We'll, t- we'll touch on what you do now, but uh, Andy's got you working hard here, hasn't he? Ah, it's uh, definitely. <laughs> we have a good, uh, we have a good crack, good bunch of boys. To be fair, sitting at uh, lunchtime, I've got what two Rangers supporters, a Celtic supporter, and a Dunfermline supporter, and one Falkirk supporter. Which you know, we'll not say much. About <laughs> no, we'll not say much about that. Uh, we'll start right at the start, Robo. So your early years, born in Dumfries, grew up in Dumfries. So tell us a little bit about when you were a, when you were a kid and your memories of football as well, a youngster. You know, obviously I, I grew up uh, just outside Dumfries, a bit called Lock and Briggs, just as you come into Dumfries. Always wanted to be a player, always kicking the ball, uh, always playing down. We had a blaze park down the council, we were down there. Uh, played against older boys. You know, I, I can mind being down the back. I was like 20 aside. You know, and and if you were good enough, you, you played. If not, you sat at the side. And it was, uh, you, you, my mum would be about eight, ten year old, and you're playing against 16, 17 year olds. You know, that's yeah. how you kind of just learn how to play the game and get involved and have that wee bit of dedication to want to play. So I was, uh, I was football daft, to be fair. Who's your uh, team growing up? Well, the thing about it is, I'm no, I'm no actually a Celtic supporter, but I, I, I love Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson was class, absolutely class, and 
you know, maybe touching that later on uh, when, when I met him with uh, circumstances. Uh, so that, that was kind of my, my idol, you know, with, uh, and, and then later on, you know, you, you had, uh, you know, your, your George Bess and, you know, you, even like, say, um, the, the Liverpool team's old Liverpool. I mean, the, the first kind of FA Cup you, that you remember was 1970 when Liverpool played Arsenal when Charlie George scored in extra time and they, they, they kind of players... Um, so that was my kind of first experience. Obviously, the World Cup was on at that time, you know, with Pele and Jorginho and everything. So I can recall, no earlier than that, but I can recall that kind of time. So that kind of really ignited my ambition to try and be a player. Obviously, played at the school, uh, played uh, with the Cubs. In fact, actually played, played against David Irons and Ian McCall. They played with separate Cub units, and I can mind playing against David. And uh, Ian McCall, so it's actually quite ironic that we ended up all at Dunfermline for a wee yeah. spell until obviously Ian went to the Rangers. But you know, from Dunfermline boys to, to Dunfermline, so it was it was good. Superb. And what about your your early journey in, in playing football? What boys club football? What was? Yeah, well, I was uh, well, obviously played with the Cubs, played with the school, and and then ended up uh, local amateurs. No, before that, it was Grayson Rovers. My uncle David uh, run Grayson Rovers, uh, so I, I played with them. I was only 14. I can mind being down the Kingham Cay, and Dave Irons, I know where I'm talking about, is uh, my uncle David was uh, taking the team, and I was standing in the dressing room, and he said to me, have you have you got your bag? I said, I've got it. So I went away and got it. I said to my dad, he was sitting in the car, he says, I, I come on the bench. Went in, played on the bench, he put me on for like 10 minutes, and you know, I, I, I did all right. And the next day, the next week, we played down at Gretna, and I scored. And I, I'm two years younger than the, the boys. Right. You know, and I, never, I never looked back. And then with my uncle David uh, running the team, we went to Dundun uh, and played against uh, teams up there. So that, that was the kind of first experience. And then at 15 year old, I went with Locker Amateurs, um, played with them, and obviously Locker Thistle, which was the kind of local team that. They've still got a boys' club running, a very successful boys' club down at the Freeze Locker Thistle. Got good facilities and that. So, yeah, but Grayson Rovers was, uh, you know, the, the youth team, and then, and then the Locker Amateurs, and then Queens came at, when I was fifteen year old. How did that come out? You just scouted it again? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, it was uh, Billy Hunter, Billy Hunter, who uh, was uh, assistant manager to um, Ian St John down at Portsmouth. And he ended up coming and being manager at Queen of the South. And he must have been down uh, down at the, the Kingham Key one day when I was playing. And he, he came chapping at the door, him and Dick Shaw, and said, What want you bring him in? What you bring in? Come in to the to the club. Now at 15 year old, I was doing pre season with the first team. Wow. There wasn't any youth team in there. It was just you were right in there. How did you find that? Ah, it was great. Like you, 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 we talk about these days, um, players need to get experience in that. that that's, where, that's where you learn. See your senior players at that time were Alan Ball, Lee McChesney, you know, Nobby Clark, who became the, the manager when, when I played. Uh, Billy McLaren, who I think he's still involved in football now. He, run, he was a scout at Rangers for a, a number of years. Uh, you know, they, they were good professionals, great professionals. So you kind of learn. Mm -hmm. Off of them and they, and and they put you in your place. You quite a confident kid at fifteen, or did uh, you go in there really shy? And well, when I look back, and I, I mean, we obviously had um, 
George, George Cloy was local, Ron Alexander, me and him were the best of mates because we kind of went in at the same time. Um, the, uh, so, yeah, I came in, we used to, uh, there was a lot of local players at that time when we went in, Tony Clark, Keith Brown, uh, Robin Carson, uh, even my cousin Billy, and uh, who's now the chairman, um, they, they, were, they were all playing, you know, so... And, and then after after that first year, there was only three years kept. Myself, Ron Alexander, and and Robin Carson ended up getting professional professional forms part time. You spent is it nine years at Queen's? Nine, nine years. You know, it's funny because see at that time it doesn't happen now, but at that time when you got released, you had to be you had to you got a registered letter before the last game of the season whether you were getting retained or released. So if the players got released. They still had another game to play. They, they, they wouldn't play. That was him. Yeah. They were not playing. So I can mind Willie Harness and Sammy Harness, the two brothers at, at, at the time between the side, ch- chairman and uh, his brother, phoned me up on a Saturday morning. We had one game left against Dumbarton at Boghead. Graham, you need to come and play. I was only 16. Wow. You need to come and play. We've not got a team. So they, they picked us up on the way out of Dumfries, went to, went to Dumbarton, I played the whole game against Murdo McLeod and Ali McLeod in the middle of the park. We got beat to nothing, but I played the whole game. What an experience, eh? That is sixteen year old against you know, and that that my official my kinda of official first appearance was the next year against Albion Rovers when myself and Rowan made but that that was when I first played for Queen of South when wow. I was sixteen. And then eventually you were made captain of Queen of South. How old were you I, at that point? Oh, I must have been just there in the twenty well, I was twenty five when I came to Dunfermline, so I was maybe twenty three, twenty four. Must have been an honour being the captain of your own town. Brilliant, brilliant. We had, we had, when I look back at it, with, with the teams and the players that we played for, uh, you know, um, Jimmy Robertson, uh, George Cloy, as I say, Ryan Alexander, Ted, Ted McMinn, Stuart Cochran, Billy Reid. Billy Reid played, mm-hmm. a great wee player. It was with, with Chelsea. With Chelsea. Aye, aye. Great wee player, came from Ashfield Juniors, and we had local players as, as well. Kevin Heatherton, Billy Sim. There was a new players about six or seven boys that came for them freeze at that time. Yeah, and you had a really strong team in that kind of mid eighties period, didn't you? We had a great, we had a good team. You know, and Obie obviously, you know, and there was um, uh, boy came for Carlisle. Bobby uh, was it? Bob, was it Bobby Graham? I came for Carlisle. Was a centre back. Him and him and Kevin Heatherton, uh, uh, Barney Davison. Alan Davison was in goals. Obviously, Jimmy Robertson, he was class. Tommy mm-hmm. Price, you know, they, they were excellent players. Tommy Proudfoot, you know, local player as well. Uh, Ian Dick, boys from Sankar, they came down and played. So, you know, we, we had a really good squad, you know. And, and to be fair, when I look back at it in 85, 86, mm-hmm. maybe a wee bit selfish saying that we should have won the league that year. Aye. We kind of blew it. She had the right battle with them filming that season, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, and we, I can mind, we, were at, we went to Cowden Beath midweek. And uh, we were three one up at half time, and they were at Stennis Muir that night, and and uh, we drew three three. We we blew it. We gave two goals away in the second half, so we drew three three. The family got a point or won the game at Stennis Muir, and that meant they won the league. So we had to go to our broth on the Saturday, and win. Stuart Cochran scored one one nil, and that got his promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was it was quite <laughs> Willie Harness at that time because we were just along at Cowden Beath. They made us come to East End and, and come into the park and, and he was on the mic wishing 
Dunfermline all the best and you're like, what? We want to get back down the road, we had our work to go at the next day and that. Yeah. You know? So, but that's what, that's what obviously happened then. But um, I always used to play well against Dunfermline. Right. At that, at that time. Who were you playing against at that point? For Dunf- Who's Dunfermline's in that to, position? I'm trying to think. Did it be Ian McCall maybe? Maybe, maybe Ian McCall came in playing against him. Maybe we Jim Bowie, there was Grant Jenkins, Ian Heddle maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can mind playing Stevie Morrison. Obviously, they had, a, they had a good team as well. But they came down to Dumfries. As you rightly said, we were nip and tuck that season. They came down to Dumfries. There must have been 9,000 at Palmerston that day. And we beat them 3-1. Brian Stewart, Cochrane scored two goals. I can mind that. Beat them 3-1. But then, I, I can't mind the scores, score up here. But then... Obviously, they picked us for the 85-86. Uh, mm-hmm. so. And then no long after that, obviously, Dunfermline showed interest in you. How did all that kind of chat? Well, as I say, oh, 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 every time I used to play well. And, and the thing about it is, see, at that time, you used to come to East End and you were playing in front of four and a half, five thousand. So that, that raised your game, mm-hmm. you know. So I always used to come and play well. And uh, I can mind the next season... Dunfermline got promotion again into the, into the Premier and they played us the last game of the season and they beat us 1-0 up at East End while they had been scoring so that meant they got promotion that day so um, oh, it was funny because I ended up in the Paragon after the game so I was talking to the supporters and oh, I'd love to play with Dunfermline would you have oh brilliant oh, I'd love to do a great it's a great club and that next minute Ian McChesney is up in the Paragon saying hey on the bus Everybody, the directors, everybody was on the bus and I'm still in the park and talking to the supporters, trying to punt myself. You know, the way. So um, what happened was um, the, uh, we were at the player of the year. Myself, Jimmy Robertson, no, it was that year. Myself, Jimmy Robertson and, and Tommy Price were all nominated for the player's player of the year, along with Matt Smith, who joined the same time as myself. He ended up winning it, so that showed you how well we were playing. Yeah, you know. So I met Leash at the uh, at the dinner. I went up to him. I says, I says, oh, uh, Jim, Mister Leash, man, I says, I says, how are you getting on? I says, oh, I'd love to play with the family. Would you, son? Would you? I says, oh, I'd love it. I, I tell you what, I'd even move up. I'd even move up to the. Would you? Just left it at that, right? So it was. It wasn't until a few weeks later, I gets a phone call from the local press in Dumfries, the standard, saying there's somebody because I. My contract was up, right? And I, and I, what was happening was I was seeing players, older players coming and getting, signing on fees and whatever else. And, and, and I went, I was 85, I got, I got married, my first wife. And, and I went in and I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting this to sign on. And uh, it was, obviously, it was a laughing stock, man. Laughing stock. And... Uh, I walked out no, and Nobby Clark, the manager, says, every now and then, I says, no, nah, it's not. I'm, I'm putting a transfer request and I've, I've had enough. I'm moving. You're so part-time at this point, I was part-time. I was a welder for nine years. A welder. <laughs> My brother was there for nearly 40 years and I'm like, ah, I'm getting out of here with the fumes and everything. And I used to train, train uh, two nights a week, running up Palmerston Park, running. And we, How did you find that balance from doing a nine-to-five, for example, and then training? And- you just had to, I don't know, you just had to, it was just something that was ingrained in me, you just wanted to do, you know, it was, and it was tough, obviously, and then you had to go and play at, at uh, you know, uh, you know, 
League Cups and play against, I can mind playing against Celtic at, at Palmerston and Brian McLaren and that played to the, what I was saying, he gets mm-hmm. a phone call, I says, well, I don't know, he says, hey, who's in for me? Oh, I think I think somebody's in for you. I says, no, right, okay. As soon as I put the phone down, I phoned Jimmy Farrell at that time, was the secretary. I says, Jimmy, is anybody in for me? Yes, yes, there is. I says, who, who is it? He says, no, I can't say, I can't say, but uh, I, I think you'll get your wish. I says, all right, okay. So I goes to my work at the time, right? So just at lunchtime, like we sit here we're in the canteen, I was saying to the boys, ah, God, I'll not be here much longer. Hey, where are you going? Man, you just watch this space, watch this space. All the workers, <laughs> watch this space. So it was maybe a couple of weeks later, gets a phone call. Foreman says, Graham, Graham, phone call. So goes into the office. I'm like, hello? Here it was Leash. Hiya, son. Hiya, son, Jim Leashman here. Uh, we've, uh, we've agreed a fee, we've agreed a fee, son. And we want to sign you. I'm like, what? She said, uh, when can you come up? When can you come up? Oh, I'm going on holiday at the end of the week. When can you come up? I said, I'll be up the night. What, you're coming up the night? I said, I'll be up the night. So I goes out and I had my welding shield and I kicked it right up in there. Fucking booted up and the boys are like, what? So that's me. What? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to sign for the family. You're joking. So foreman says to me, well, where are you off to? I says, that, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm away to sign for the family. What be the job? I says, fucking stuff the job. Stuff the <laughs> job. I'm off and it was like, just clocked out and drove up to the family and I met um, Leash and uh, Brian Marr, Gunter, to the down at the bottom of the high school. It, it, was it still the olive tree? Wasn't it? Ah, uh, it was the old tall, man. Old tall, old tall. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Boy Ward was in there, went for lunch in there. And uh, see the thing about it is, Mikey, no agents. No. Nah. I came up, stuck the leash up, up there, son, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that, and you'll you'll get a PNC and you'll get this and that. No problem. Signed. Plus, you were signing for a club that were now in the Premier League. That's it, exactly. I first time in the Premier ah, League. Yeah. Obviously, they had the history. You know, I heard Mo talking about the history of the, the you know, the sixties in Burton. I mean, that was a fantastic era for the club. But mm-hmm. we, we were we were taking, we, no, we were starting our own kind of uh, history of the, the club. We we going back into the Premier League, so it was uh, it was exciting. So they took us, least took us down there, and then Brian. Drove us about across four Kenny Hill, took us up to Garbett Houses. These are all the wee bits he could get a house in that. So, all right, no problem. And I went back down. Next day, I went into my work and uh, said to the foreman, I said, what, are you not working your notes? I said, nah, I'm not working my notes. I said, uh, you just send me the money that you drew me. I, I'm finishing, clocked out again. And I went back. I trained myself, right? I trained myself for whatever period of time. And then my dad and my papa, brought us up to Dunfermline. Leash was um, uh, launching his book at uh, the bit run by the Glen Gates. Was it Alexander's bookshop? It was a bookshop. Right. So all the, all the players were there, right? Norrie, John, Stevie Morrison, the, all the boys were in. So I'd went in to, to get Leash. Boys were different class, obviously. They knew who I was. Oh, Robo, when you come, the sign for us, great. And that was it. I, I, my dad went back down and that was me. And I uh, at least put us into the old toll for a few for a, a few weeks. Um, obviously, the start of the season. Um, what was it like going into Dunfermline at that point? Because the club were on a such yeah. a rise on the leash yeah. at that point in it was, it was, Premier League. And it was well. The thing about it is, me and Craig Robertson signed the same week, and then Matt Smith came in. Uh, so there was three boys that, that came in at least uh, had, had, had signed. Um, so. 
and then obviously they, had the, they still had the nucleus of the boys that had got promotion and that. So uh, it was exciting times. You know, it was a, you know, it was something they looked forward to going and mm -hmm. play, playing in the Premier League the, the next season. So um, and being a full time footballer, now, how how did you find that jump from part time to difficult to full time? Difficult. Um, you know, you're, you're training, training, training hard as well. Pre season was difficult. You know, a lot of running. At that time, mm -hmm. a lot of running. We'd go up to Kelty Woods, or we'd, we'd be doing it to Trevor, we'd be doing it to Pat, is it Patty's Muir? Patty's Muir, yeah. Cross country running around there. And then I'm, I'm back up, because I, I was either, I was at the old toll first, you know, and you're, you're just going back and fucking sleeping in mm -hmm. the afternoon, and then you're back up the next day and you're away again. So it was, to be fair, the first, first few weeks, maybe even months, it was to get that adjustment of being full time, but I, I, I embraced it. Brilliant, I loved it, man. Superb. Just something I wanted to do. And, and you know, I thank Leash for giving us that opportunity. It was it was great at the time. We'll, we'll come back to Leash yeah, at various yeah, points. Yeah. Um, did you meet your debut at the Hibs game, the 3-3? Yeah, I played that game. First game of the played, season. Yeah, I played that game. Yeah, 15,000 at East End. Like a day like this. You know, yeah. Sunday, they brought a massive crowd. Obviously, it was the old crowd in the end, the open end. That was mobbed. So it was like 15,000 at the game. And drew three three. Big David Young scored two good goals. Got in the team of the day. Should be he scored an absolute raker, a free kick by Alan Ruff was in goals. Mm -hmm. I was playing against uh, Joe McBride. Uh, played uh, for him. So I three three. So you can imagine what we were like. Um, that Saturday night out in Dunfermline, the first game, you know, so it was good. We started that season really strong, didn't we? Well, we did. We went to the next game. We. Uh, we played St Mirren, we beat them through at Love Street and then and then obviously we played Celtic at East End and, and beat them 2-1. Craig Robertson scoring and then Eric uh, Ferguson after, well, after I gave the penalty away. Mm -hmm. the if you'd seen it. It was never a penalty, was it? Oh my God. And the referee would get absolutely struck off the list getting a penalty like that. But anyway, we managed to beat them that day and, and it, it was... Uh, it was it was great just to be involved because, well, look at the crowds at that time. We had mm. great crowds. The crowds, and the crowds were, were rising oh constantly. My God. We, we, I think, I think um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your average crowd and all that was about 9,000. It was, around about then, in, yeah. The and it, was, it was great. And the supporters were different class. Great atmosphere at, at East End. And, and uh, you know, we, we played some good... We played well, to be fair. Yeah. We, yeah. we then went, we kind of went in a bad run there and we struggled and then yeah. three went down that year. That was a difficult time. You know, I came in going and getting hammered up at Dundee. We got beat, five, I think it was 5-1. We thought, right, well, here we go. We got beat with um, Jim Duffy and was playing for Dundee. Gordon Chisholm, I think Paul Smith and Keith Wright were playing up front for Dundee. Or Tommy Coyne, maybe it was. And we got, they hammered us 5-1. So that was kind of us back down to reality again. So you're right, three, three going down was pretty difficult for us to survive um i don't i don't know i don't know how close it was at the end whether we were i don't know we were, i don't think we were bottom were we i don't think we were bottom i think we we're second were bottom we? no, but so, yeah. so we kind of we kind of went down so yeah. but but we had a good nucleus of team yeah to uh, to bounce back and win that first division this year well you made 22 appearances that first season yeah. who who were the players in the dressing room at, at that point in the characters well, obviously, big, big Nor Norrie McCarthy and, and John Watson was great. We're, we're different class, you know, very good. Um, 
I didn't even like say, yeah, you know, you know, as you say, there was a half and a half and half in the dressing because obviously they brought in experienced players like Sir John Holt. Bobby Smith came in as a he, he was different class as a player and as a person. You know, and Stuart Beattie was always was there. He had the experience with Hibs and uh, I think Dundee United. So they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, he was bringing in players that that could help us, but obviously it didn't help us that season because it was it was tough for us, you know. But uh, not I can mind not 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 in John was the characters, you know. Uh, definitely, they were they were kind of the the boys at the family. You got any stories that you can you can tell? Well, the same stories. Ah, I mean, Norrie. Uh, I can mind. Well, we, we, when we won the, I can't mind exactly with the with, with that year in the Premier League. To be fair, but obviously when we won promotion mm-hmm. and the and the team leash took us to um, no leash the club took us to Tenerife for the week. In fact. I missed my son's first birthday, Matthew's first birthday. I thought, wait a minute, I need to go with the boys. So I ended up missing Matthew's first birthday. I've, I've told him when he was 34, I was there for just a weekend. <laughs> so he's forgiven me on that one, right? You know. So I, I came in, we got, we, we got to Tenerife, and we're right out of the pool, back down here in five minutes. And I came in, Sharpie, Raymond Sharp, came with the big, he had the big uh, boombox, and he's blasting that. So that was the first. People were in the pool, so we were all first complaint and everything that the music. No, you can't play music like that. And then, then we we pushed leash into the into this, the pool. Uh, we had his watch and all his money and you know uh, stuff it. You know, <laughs> Mel Rennie, the chairman, was uh, oh, he was a fantastic guy, brilliant guy. But anyway, me and Nori were out that night. He comes back at four o'clock. I told leash this story. He knows it anyway. We're coming back. We're like four o'clock in the morning. This. People checking in. There was only one person on the on the, you know, the reception. They're like, "Who's this?" No, hanging over, trying to get his key. And as soon as he gets closer here, it's big leash. What? He's like trying to get his key. We're, 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 we're sorry, sorry, we're like, you know, we're like, sorry. So we've grabbed his key, gets leash into the into the lift. See what number he is. I see the number. What are you going to do? So he says, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do." So he's opened the door, and leash lads, thanks lads, that he's. And kicked him right, right in the door. This is like way in the door in his room, threw his key in, closed the door, and that was that was heaven till the morning. That was the first night. And we would be down the beach of that place, played this Americas, and we used to go for a carry out. So me and Nori would be bringing the wee, it was the wee, I can mind it was a wee dumpy Heineken mm-hmm. cans, right? So all the boys had their carry out, and they were on the beach, and all that it was roasting as it is here now. So what did we do? Chucked all the cans in the sea. So they were all just all bobbing on the sea, <laughs> right? This did, and they were coming in with the tide and they go back out. And they'd be shouting, Chappy, get us a, get us a wee can of Heineken. Yeah, we were all just sitting on the, sitting on the beach, you know, with Ross Jack. And I come in, he got, we buried him up to his neck. And a, a big German boy walked by and said, oh, you need to watch, you need to watch the sunburn. And I come in, I come in, uh, Ross Jack telling him to, Hey, German, beat it. You know, knowing them many words, I was a wee bit stubborn like that. Yeah. So we had some carry on, man. But we just were well, in the first division and that. We were Aye. buzzing, you know, letting a wee bit steam off because it was quite a hard season because it was nipping tuck with Falkirk and, and uh, every time, you know, that, that uh, first division championship, so it was good. We'll, we'll touch on that yeah. season, but yeah. just rewind a little yeah. bit. One of the big highs of your first season, uh-huh. 
February 88 Scottish Cup game against Rangers. What's your memories of, of that well, one? Well, before, before the, the round before that was against Dave United at East End. And I, I, didn't, I didn't play that game. But John Hall got sent off. Uh, he was playing fullback, he got sent off. He was playing against Jim Cowell and Henry Templeman was playing. Right, very good player. Yeah. And we ended up equalising. So it was a replay on the on the Wednesday night doing the air. So with John Hall getting uh, John Hall getting sent off, I went and trapped the door. Release. I says, have a word with you. I said, and he comes in. I says, uh, see if you play me on Wednesday. I says, I'll, I'll mark that Jim Cowell at the game. Aye. I says, aye. I, I'm going to be diving in like Hogan's been diving in there tonight and, 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 and day and getting sent off. And I, I'll mark him at the game. Release him. So I ended up playing. I had him in my pocket. They played played well. And Bobby Smith took care of uh, Henry Templeman. And Ross Jack scored 1-0 at half time. And it was chucking it down. Probably yeah. a wee bit like what it was last night at Hamden. You know, torrential rain. It was on the, the game was uh, delayed because it was that big a crowd getting into Somerset, mobbed. And uh, we were 1-0 up half time. And then into the second half, Ross Jack got sent off. Elbed like that, so it's backs against the wall, you know, defending and everything, you know, everybody gathered together, you know, really togetherness. And then we had a breakaway, um, we Mark Smith got pulled down, and Trevor Smith made it 2 0, and that was the game before, yeah. Uh, so we obviously got Rangers in the in the next round, so it, that was exciting. But Leash had organized, he had done his deal for the old course hotel, took us up there for three days. Went on the Wednesday, played the golf for the Jubilee, and we were staying in, we were staying in the old course. And at that time, obviously, St. Greavesy was big on the, on the, in the box. Well, he had arranged for St. Greavesy to be live. We had saw in the room, he had a massive big suite at the old course. We were on there while he was on the St. Greavesy. And uh, I came in the Wednesday after we played golf, so we're sitting, we're sitting loose. Gaffer, can we get you for a few drinks and that tonight? Yeah, right, aye, 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 aye. So we ended up in the Dunbegan, just in the corner as he turned in. But at least was with us, wasn't he? <laughs> he was with us. So we were just sitting, just having a few drinks and whatever else. So the, the girl rings the bell, last orders. We were like, 11 o'clock, at least we're not going to 11 o'clock. Leave it, leave it with me. So he's up. She said, we don't do, care nothing. He says, we're, we're playing majors in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. We, can we know? She says, no problem. And she she chucked out all the students, all the all the, the locals that was there studying at St Andrews, and we were we had to lock in till one o'clock. Brilliant. So we're in at one one o'clock. We said we better get down the road. So we ended up we ended up on the road to pitch black. We're on the road to the seventeenth. Right, where is it, pin? This is for the open. Get it, and we're all <laughs> imagine we're playing the golf and that right. So so we get back to the old course. I tell there's wee mini Ian Monroe at the door. Checking everybody in. This lad, oh, I can't go in the main door. I'm the manager. I'm the manager. So we went, well, wait a minute. So because he was good to us, jumped the wall. Remember the, remember that wee pond in the dinny pond there? We opened the emergency at the back, and that's what we did when we let him in. And then we travelled down in the cars on the Saturday back to East End. And Some preparation, though, for a massive the rest, Scottish Cup the, game, the rest, eh? The rest is history, man, honestly. And then the game, we won. Two the, game, the game was unbelievable, unbelievable. You know the uh, the atmosphere for a start. At least gave us that belief. Honestly, he gave us that belief that we could win. Obviously, wouldn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't the oddest uh, fun and games? There was 
proper preparation. Even the second goal, we we worked at that up in uh, St Andrews where mm-hmm. Stuart Beedy low driven and Winker, uh, sorry. There was a flick on. It was on, a flick on. It was in the post and then Winker headed in. That was well worked. That was worked. You know that we were trying to do that. So everyone was well prepared, but you know. Obviously, that game with, with uh, John Brown getting sent off with me, me, Matt Smith, and you know, it was mayhem, wasn't it? Who were you up against? Was it Mark Walters that day? Mark Walters, aye. Mark Walters, David Cooper played, Ray Wilkins played, Graham Sooners played. Terry Butcher, Terry, some team that, eh? Yeah, uh, uh, obviously, Durant. I don't think McCoy's wasn't playing right enough. Nah. But uh, it was a great one. Brilliant man. Amazing, eh? Yeah, we thought we. Uh, you know, it was it was good for the club. It was good for everybody at the time. But you know, the disappointing thing, Mike, is the next round we didn't play at all. We went to Hearts and got beat three 0 mm-hmm. Next round, I suppose that's that's cup football. Yeah, let some down. And I can mind Huey Burns played against us that day, and obviously he came. Eventually came. He says, "Oh, that was the easiest bonus we've ever had playing against you." Well, we were disappointed. Just didn't turn up. Nah, we didn't. We didn't turn up. It's funny because in, 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 when you look back, it's funny because it was Hans Seegers who was in goals that day. Yeah, he was on loan, wasn't he? He was on loan, and, and remember the kind of controversy, you know, with uh, uh, match fixing and whatever else. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure he was betting against us and threw a few in, a couple of goals <laughs> in that day. You know, I always say that, but no, obviously it wasn't. Hans Seeger was different class. Aye. It was, we never turned up that day, we were hopeless. And it was. You know, we had to come back to Dunfermline and, and you know, be with the supporters and try to explain that we didn't play mm-hmm. well the day after. You know, the highs of playing against Rangers. Of course. So going back then, this following season, you mentioned that it was nip and tuck again, but we, yeah. we win promotion. Yeah, we drew with Meadow Bank the last game. Unbelievable. What's your memories of that day and, and the celebrations that night? It was different. Quite well, the thing about it is if you go back what, two games, right, we went to Forfar. And we won one 0 Dave Ern scored an absolute raker to thirty yards, and I think that was the first time Dunfermline had went to Forfar and actually won in a, a number of years up, right. up there. So that was good. So then, then we played Clyde the next game. We only needed two points out of four, wasn't it? One and three. It was like two two points for four, uh, four points. And then the first game against Clyde, we were one nil up, weren't we? And then eight minutes to go, and then. Westy's like trying to keep the boy out and it's went to, <laughs> I don't know Aye. I don't know what yeah. happened so anyway that was it one one so over that and it was packed East End was absolutely yeah. packed you know Archie McPherson giving the, the old um, commentary and that because we thought that was the day we were going to win the league wasn't it we did, we did so what happened was Leash ended up obviously the next week we're playing Meadowbank so he took us to Earth Castle for the Friday, on a Friday night along with um, Kincardine so we're in there, did a bite to eat, went to a bit, but there was a wedding on and most of the people at the wedding were Falkirk supporters and they heard that we were there. So you can imagine their doors were getting battered and the noise that was, you know, right anyway, we come on the, come on the Saturday and then that was, it was weird that game, absolutely mm-hmm. weird, obviously, we, um, the boy Scott scoring, Bobby Forrest crossing it in. Yeah. And and uh, I came out. Obviously, it was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. But obviously, the sport of stadiums. And I came in, Wesley throwing the ball out to me, 
and I've played it down the line and the boy McQueen, I think it's the boy McQueen that was playing at the back yeah it's went right through he's trying to control it and it's hit like the bottom of his studs and it's it went through and obviously rolled and John Watson ran on and threw the goalie's legs and that was it and we held on and then honestly Mikey see the final whistle it was like the monkey like jumped off your back it was like oh my yeah, god pressure oh, it was it was it was actually pretty uh, surreal the feeling that you got but the elation that you know being winners and champions and and enjoying the obviously the supporters and obviously leash giving it the <laughs> the airplane and yeah. it was great and the time was the time was buzzing I, I, I was uh, the supporters were it was good for them to get success after having the disappointment the, the year before. Yeah. So it was good, and we, we were buzzing. I mean, that night was great. And what, what went on that night? Uh, what what, what you can remember? Well, I, I, well we, we always used to go to uh, Eastport. Obviously, John Grieve and Margaret had the pub at that time. So we were, we were in there. We used to have a bar at the back. We used to bar down the stair. So it was, it, was, uh, it was mayhem in there, and you can imagine the amount of supporters it was crammed in because it wasn't that big a place through the back but no, we were, it, it, it was great it was just a great feeling to be part of someone for the town to, mm-hmm. to uh, you know, a real togetherness but oh, yeah. the, the, the boys were the boys were great you know I heard Mo saying in his podcast that you know the togetherness and I think that's what makes teams play well and, and uh, because of the togetherness and we, we used to have a Wednesday night club we used to be in that Lorenzo's on a Wednesday night. Snowy used to come through, uh, Trevor Smith, uh, Mark Smith, um, Stuart Rafferty. Sharpie. Sharpie, honestly. You know, and then we had myself and uh, Nori and that. We were Wednesday night club. Brilliant, man. And at that time, doing the research, I noticed you were sponsored by Lorenzo's. I didn't know that until, until I seen that when you sent me the other day there. Uh, honestly, Lorenzo's was brilliant, man. Great at that time. Linda, who was in charge, she was Leash's spy, right enough. <laughs> he he uh, let Leash know if anyone was uh, untoward. But the thing about it is, we we used to uh, I was a map down there. It was like splits where the where the uh, Indian restaurant is now. That right. used to be splits, like bar. It was attached to. Was that when it was the hotel? Was it Queen uh, Margaret Hotel Queen, or something? It was Margaret Hotel. The yeah. splits was a bar, and then right. obviously went in there first. And then uh, he went into Lorenzo's, but uh, we felt bad because when we, by the time we came out of splits, there's a big queue to get in, and we're doing it, we're walking down the front, and, and the how were they getting in? And on blah blah blah. So we ended up used to get cards, but then we said, Linda, we can't do that. We, what, what we need to do? So we, when we went into splits, she had her manager, and we used to go up the back. We used to go into St Margaret's Hotel and through the door, and that got you into the so-called V. VIP bit of the ah, yeah. there. And that was it. We didn't need to go to the front door and have all the hassle with the punters flat. That was great days, man. Brilliant days. Looked after is good, but you know, you you you, you worked hard and you played. I mean, you had a good time and the boys the boys were the boys were great. For the, and the, you know, I was only there for three seasons, but I mean the players that, that came mm-hmm. and played, you know, like say David Irons and uh, Stuart Rafferty and Snowy and uh, Nori and John and big Gary Riddle, you know, he was different class. Bobby Smith, who he was a great player, you know. And then had the experience of should be the obviously Westy was was in goals and you know, so we had some, you know, very good players. 
Well, he's built a really strong. Oh, like every season after no, season, he improved no. it, didn't he? No, well, obviously we went to we brought in this fan and George Boyle. I can mind. So that was what did we win the league and then we were going to Bordeaux. And, yeah. Uh, so we were going for five days. But it was air traffic. France had the air traffic controller strike, so we ended up flying from Edinburgh down to London, and we had all the hampers in the brain. It was not like the basket hampers. So we then had to get the train to Dover and then the ferry across to Calais and then and then into Paris. But we missed our connection, didn't we? Well, we, when we went into Paris, we had to find the guy with the baseball bat. This is a senior football team, you know. <laughs> we're in the streets of Paris on the, with the big basket hampers trying to find this guy with the baseball hat. You know, it's crazy. And we, Joe, you know, Mo talked about we, Joe, he was different class. Well, he ended up getting seasick going across on the, on the ferry. So when we were having a wee bottle of beer and that, Joe's outside with his teeth there, <laughs> being sick, and I'm out, I'm like, Joe, come for a drink. He's like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm for a beer, honestly. Things like that was just brilliant, man. You couldn't imagine that nowadays, though, eh? no a Premier chance. League team. No chance, no chance. The thing about it is, we missed our connection, right? So we had to stay the night. I can mind we were in this restaurant and we, all, we were having steak. And I'm not kidding, the blood was absolutely pouring out the steak. You know, you, it wasn't even rare, it was like rare, rare, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And uh, I came out and Sharpie, they ended up having these uh, wee, wee water balloons. So we're up in my room, firing them down in the street, man. I was fucking <laughs> mayhem. Voila. So we mayhem, man. Brilliant. So we ended up having to go get in the bus and get to the other side of uh, Paris to get the train down to Bordeaux. And we played, uh, we trained, I can mind. Bordeaux had a, you know, Bordeaux had a, a, a brilliant facility at that time. You know, they were building a big chateau for their players and they had about, I don't know, six or seven pitches. And I can, I can mind, because when we were training, Bordeaux were training at the same time and they, they had an open day, so there must have been about 3,000 supporters watching there and there was us leashed having us running then doggies across the pitch and everything and they had the ball with that woman what's what's happening here? Is that the way forward or is this the way forward? Running and that it was crazy. And then we played Bordeaux. They took us about an hour and a half away to this place and uh, followed the bus and we didn't have any air conditioning bus so by the time we got there the boys were down to their slips and absolutely knackered. And the thing about it is we played for an hour and it was nil nil and then we blew our gasket and we ended up getting beat 6 0. Nah, I just knackered. Nah, totally knackered, but they had Clive Allen, Jesper Olsen, the two Hungarian internationals, Tagana, French yeah, international yeah. played, you know, they all played. So it was Probably. obviously um, this fan, mm -hmm. George, I don't know if George Boyle was played against it, it was this fan, this fan, I can't, I can't recall, but obviously then after, as you say, they built it in, in George Boyle and this fan. Brilliant, man. You mentioned the name earlier, and what I ask your memories of him, Gary Riddle. Gary, some, that summer was a tra tra tragedy, what had happened to Gary, wasn't it? It was crazy. It was crazy because he, he was a fit lad. You know, he came from Aberdeen. He got into, into, into the team, play, played well, strong, athletic. He, he was magnificent in the golf, but he was a right good lad as well. You know, he had a wee flat disc down the Euro, um, and he decided to... Uh, you know, run the half marathon in need of the Hillsborough disaster. And, you know, when you think, he, he, he was out on the Saturday, but he wasn't drinking or that, so I didn't know what happened to poor Gary. But it was a tragedy for mm -hmm. 
for him and his family and that. And obviously, we all went up to the, the funeral and walked along Ellen High Street. Yeah. It was, nah, I, I was still thinking about him yet. Aye. You know, I'll not forget big, big Gary and obviously um, Gary, Gary Thompson. I, I only played a handful of games with Gary and yeah. he, uh, you know, he had the, the accident <coughs> when he was working in. He would be more touching on uh, Minori. Yeah, we'll just, touch on that, yeah. That's crazy. That was just heartbreaking even to think about it, even yeah. about Nori. Great guy. But going back to that yeah. season, 89-90, the yeah. club's booming at this point. Yeah. We're back in the Premier League. We're signing O'Boyle, Cosma, yeah. Rugby comes in, Jimmy Nickel. Jimmy Nickel, yeah. Like, Jimmy the Nichol. squad's improving again. Good. We know bringing in real good quality that, that, uh, that could compete in the in the Premier League, you know. Um, so it was it was good. And the thing about it is that, that that second season, I probably wasn't playing that, that many times at the beginning. I can mind... Was it the first game of the season? We played Dundee and Jimmy Nickel got sent off. Yes, it was, yeah. Right, got sent off. So we were playing Wraith Rovers in the Skull Cup on a Tuesday. So I get I gets, I gets in. And uh, instead of me playing it right back where Jimmy was, they, they put Duke Rugby right back and play, I played it left back. So we beat Wraith Rovers 3-1. I'm thinking it's good. Who goes to Parkhead on the Saturday? Jimmy Nickel's back in. Duke's and I'm up in the stand. I'm like that. I went and seen Leash to be fair. That's nah, I'm not happy with that. I said, see if I'd got sent off. I said, I wouldn't have got back in because it's like experienced player. No, 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 no. So, you know, I just had to tell it how it was, you know. If you're not happy, you go and see the manager. In fact, there was one, there was one time I went to see him. I can't, I can't remember when it, it was. It was the season before when we're, we got, Falker had to beat us. We went to Brock from hammered us 4 nothing, Right, and then, I think Cowden Deep beat us on the Saturday at East End. So anyway, I get dropped. So I goes in to see, up, we're up at Eagle Glen. Chap the door. Leash is there. And he comes, son, and he come. I says, I says, uh, what was it, son? What's it? I says, I, I want to know why I was, why, why I've been dropped. He says, no, no, this me. It's been, you know, stumbling a wee bit. Aye, son, aye, son. What, what was happening? And then the phone rings. I'm like, Oh, hold on a minute, son. It was Sheila Peters, the, the secretary. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Sheila. I'm making him Robertson and I. I'm making him. I'll phone, phone you back. Phone you back. He's like, uh, uh, reasons, reasons for being dropped. Uh, well, so, that's the phone again. Sheila, I'm on the phone back. I'll phone you back. Phone you back. Then, so this happened two or three times and he still no gave us it. I says, no, no, something got It doesn't matter. Just, just leave it. And I just walked out and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny because Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Nickel, Got an unfortunate injury with his pelvic. Um, I came away from the bone and that, and I, I got a wee chance to to play. And uh, Reese put us in at Easter Road one day when we played uh, across in '89. And, and I, I played different class, scored the two goals. I still, people still talk about it. You know? <laughs> I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it, honestly. Seven minutes in, Andy Gordon was in goal for Hibs, right? Sharpie gets doing it. His fan has played Sharpie. Sharpie's went down the line, he's crossed it. In. And I've, I've obviously, me and Sharpie, the attacking fullbacks, I've met the edge of the box, he's got knocked out, and I've just followed it. Came out, volleyed it first time, and Andy Gorham's flat. He's not even moved. It's went in. So, supporters behind the goals, it was just open at that time as well, wasn't there any stand? So, and then and then John Collins and Houchin scored, so they were 2 1, but we were going down the slope in the second half. 
So I'm back attacking again. Sharpie's doing the line again. Like, I mind John Collins was in front of me and he was kind of ball watching wee bit. So I'm like, I've drifted and, it, and I've chested it and it's landed there. You know, and Gorham was there and if they say, it's went through my head, hit it. So I've smashed it again, roof of the net, right? So I've turned and gave all few hand signals to the hip supporters and I've met, I've met Nori, you would get probably I would get booked for that in this day. Nori meets me at half brain when he's like, Bob, he called me Bob, Bob, what are you doing? I don't know what we're doing. Oh, it was superb. So after the game, after the game, I was as high as a kite, all a different class. Shut in the door. Can we have Graham Robertson up the stair, man of match? Right? So a wee player did he get man of match, didn't it? Yeah. So it goes up, so Andy Gorham gave us like six crystal whisk glass, uh, whiskey glasses and a three litre bottle of Bell's whiskey that I've still got. Brilliant. Oh, so I'm as high as a kind of went down the stair and we were talking earlier about Jimmy. Who's coming up the stair is Jimmy Johnson. Was at the game? Oh, what a game today, son. What a game. Brilliant. I'm like, what, Jimmy? Oh, like, you know, my idol when, when I was growing up. So it was, it was unbelievable that he was there. A surreal moment that for you, yeah. It was very good. So... Uh, they were, they were. Uh, that was a, uh, it was a special, uh, a special day for me playing for Dunfermline and yeah. scoring like that. You know, it was good, brilliant. See, so, see that season, like we were flying, yeah, we were top of the league in November. Uh-huh. Were you aware of the the situation behind the scenes between Minnie, Ian Munro, and Big Leash? Because a few of the boys have spoke about yeah. they didn't know who to go to yeah. with the co-management yeah. situation. Yeah. And yeah, it was. See, the thing about it is, I think what happened was there was two situations, weren't there? Was it Air? Was it Falkirk that came in for Ian Monroe and then because he was only first team coach when he first came in, and then he made him assistant manager or whatever, and then another team came in from and least made him co co manager. See after that, that's when it all started to kind of because to be fair, the training that Ian Monroe put on was was excellent. You know, very very good. You know, down at Petrie was was excellent, but. You know, oh, but as you say, who who do you go and speak to? You know, I I never really had any conversations with with Ian Monroe. To be fair, um, I always went to, I always went to uh, Big Jim. Aye, but there started to be a this divide, was, wasn't there? Some boys was, were going to Monroe, some yeah. were going to Jim. Yeah, yeah, and uh, obviously that's when the problem started. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the boys obviously can recall. You know that that kind of situation, but I'm not, when I look back on it, I, I never really had any kind of run-ins or, or you know, fallouts or whatever. I just knew there was a wee bit of kind of friction because Leash was the front man at Dunfermline. He put Dunfermline right on the map. You know, obviously they had then heyday and they said, but that period of time Leash had Dunfermline, yeah, right in the pinnacle of Scottish football. And we were doing well, so he he had a lot of things, and he, he, he was him and had done the had done the training. Obviously, he had Phil Bonneman at the time. Ken McNaught was there as a coach as well. He was he was different class, by the way. He was very good, Ken McNaught, and he was a European. Yeah, Aston Villa, eh? Aston Villa, brilliant Aye. guy, brilliant guy. So, um, it was a bit unfortunate because um, the police. Did Leash leave before I left? What, when did Aye, Leash... Leash left August, I think it was July, August 1990. There was a big yeah. situation where he was asked to move upstairs and yeah. he didn't want that. Yeah. So. so he moved on. So so it was just, I can mind the start of the, the following season. We were doing pre-season. 
recommended being down at Petticoat Beach. And then um, John Lambie was trying to get me phoned a few times wanting to sign with him. I had another year of my contract left and I thought, I can't see me playing. Because obviously Tommy Wilson, Huey Burns was there and I'm thinking, I'm not gonna, I'll, be, I'll be sitting up in the stand. So I just took the decision that I'd, I'd move on myself. And at the end of the day, it was the right decision for me because um, he went and he went and played with Thistle and we got promotion with, yeah. with Thistle. And it was ironic because look at the players that came. You know, Grant Tierney, Dave Irons, Ray Farlingham oh, came, came to Thistle and we got promotion. So it was good to, It was good for me, but obviously sad times that we had to leave because it, it, it was magnificent playing with Dunfermline at that time. I'm guessing, like, Very from speaking to all the boys you just mentioned, none of the boys wanted to leave Dunfermline. No, I take no. it you were in the same position. Yeah, definitely. I didn't want to leave. I had, I had, a year of my, I had another year of my contract left, and I, I felt I'd, you know, I was, you know, I, I would have been playing well, you know, if I'd got that opportunity. But um, I thought, uh, I think I'm, I was, what, I must have been, what, 29, because I was 25. I was about 29, I'm thinking, I wasn't a, I wasn't a young player. You know, I was a bit of experience with that thing. Yeah, I'm going, moving. And it was, a, yeah. it, was a right, it was a right move for me, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. So, reflecting back on the fair one, though, Jim Leishman, what was it like uh, he, he was, playing for him? He, he, was, um, he, he was a player's manager. You know, he, he, he was a motivator. Yeah, I mean, he, he could... Um, you know, some of his team talks and that, man. I came in one day... I don't know if it was Celtic or whatever. It was one of the big big teams, and, and it was old. It was where the obviously the lounge is now for the hospitality. That used to be the dressing rooms, and walked down to onto the pitch. He would open the door, and the crowd would be roaring. He'd be shut the door, and he said, "Do you hear that? Do you hear that?" And he opened it again. Do you hear that? And he closed it again. Like that's what we need to go. We need to go and play out there. And we're like, we're just sitting there like, what? The, what's he saying? But <laughs> it was you wanted to play for this right? And I, I don't think I was the only one that was wanting to, to be like that, you know. But it was funny because, um, you know, you spoke about big uh, Duke Brugge earlier on and he, he was magnificent. I mean, you know, the, the awards and the, 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 the medals and cups that he's won and, and he came and he had massive experience. Obviously, he's a local boy for Belingri. So he, he was great, but honestly, there was one day we were playing St. Mm-hmm. Mark. And Big Duke and Norrie was at the back and uh, Kenny McDowell and Proffison were playing for St Man. So they, they were winning. So it comes in at half time. So Leishy's uh, starting his kind of team talk and he's like, Duke, Duke, look man, it's a problem. You know, you're, you and Norrie, you're, you're getting mixed up. Proffison's crossing over. But then Duke started to, but, I, but what happened was, but what, no, no, I'm telling you what's happening. You're not picking them up, you're leaving the runner, Kenny McDonald. Ah, but what? So that went on for a couple of minutes. So, dude, 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 you need to listen, you need to listen. Uh, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to have to take you off. Take me off. And then he's got the strip off, big dude's got the strip off, fucking throwing it down. Take me off, and take me off. So, by that time, Eamon Lowe came in the front and said to Duke, you, you need to listen, you need to listen to what's being said. Oh, the steam just went. What are you saying? He was wanting to knock Minnie's head off and what to get up and do it. So at least he's like, come down, dude, come down. You need to come down. I've come down, I'm going to knock his head off, blah, blah, blah. Next minute, referee, out for the second half. <laughs> he's just moving, saying that it was all about 
come and didn't do Greek for you, right? And, and what goes into the second half, what happened? His fans scores a hat trick. Beat them, whatever is it, 4 1 or 5 1, I five think. 1, 5 1. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that was at half time, the big dig. It was a different class. Used to come up at Eagle Glen and uh, he'd be coming with his denims. It was like the guy for Dick Henry, man, honestly. Brilliant, <laughs> man. And you talk about, like, say, uh, Willie Rowlands, because he was on the minibus coming from Eagle Glen. And we used to have this thing. It, we, we had all the big uh, heavy curtains in the minibus, right? Because when we, when we uh, if it was muddy and that, then it, the three we would put them all the seats to come back up. But when we went, when we went down, there was me, Laurie, Ray Farningham, John, we would have the, the blind date. So we'd like we would pick some so someday we were in the back we would and we'd pick someday and we would like give him a we'd give him a doing, right? So Willie's like, Mark, hey, come down to the back. So then Big Duke's got on the stage, right? So the minibus, so his his head's about there for the top, right? So I commence Paul Smith to wait at the back, so we're like, and we're like so we've put this blanket on him, oh my god, he's this too coffee. He battered his head, put a dent in the ceiling, threw a punch, caught Paul Smith in the chin, right? Willie Rowland's nearly gone off the road, right? We're like, oh my god. <laughs> see by the time we got see by the time we got the chief, we were out the back door, we're getting out very quick before Duke only took somebody else out. Man, it was just a monster. Oh my god, but see see the guy, he was he was brilliant. You know, he was really good. Really a great sign. Ah, it was a great sign, and as you say, he was, was only there. He was only there for a season. Brilliant the experience he yep. got was was excellent. You know, so I, I, it was a pleasure playing with Big Duke. Actually, pleasure. Superb. Great guy too as well. And how do you reflect back on those three years as a player at Dunfermline? Nah, I enjoyed every bit of it. You know, as I, you know, as I said earlier, I want to thank Mish and, and Dunfermline Athletic for giving us that opportunity to play. And and it wasn't just me. It was coming, you know, the uh, uh, different uh, different clubs, you know. So it was, uh, you know, knew knew the players that were coming, and we just kind of gelled. We gelled. Knew you know, obviously players that had been there before, like Noreen John, Stevie Morrison, uh, Grant Jenkins, uh, Ian Heddle, Westy. Obviously, they were they were there anyway, and we just kind of added. We brought the quality in that time, you know. <laughs> Improved it. Nah, nah, it was a good bunch, great bunch of players. Um, so I enjoyed every minute playing at Dunfermline. And you took the town to your, or the city now to your heart, didn't you? Yeah. You moved house, you yeah, stayed Yeah, I moved here. up, moved up uh, got the house at Scotland Drive. Obviously Blair Morgan was uh, Macbeth Curry at the time. And he ended up uh, getting us a house at, at Scotland Drive. Um, and my kids were born. Matthew and Hannah were both born in the family. Obviously, my, my first, first wife, they still stay. Hannah's down at the side. Matthew's got a flat in the town, you know. So, um, and as you know, I've, I've been across to the, a few of the games, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll still continue to do that, you know, with the former players, with, with Nipper and that. Um, so it's always good to, it's always good to come across and, and uh, see see the changes and just different different generation of players you know yeah. and how, how they're coping with uh, what we're playing with, with a club with, uh, Dunfermline but we uh, 
need some good times. There's no question about that. Brilliant, mate. We are Flow Digital Pharmacy, and we are proud to sponsor the Walking Down the Holbeath Road podcast. Our easy-to-use app is a convenient way to access your NHS prescription medication, and our team of trained pharmacists are helping thousands of people to access the support and medication they need. If you're registered with a GP who's based in England, you can use the Flow app to securely and conveniently send them NHS medication requests and arrange delivery to a location of your choice at a time that suits you. This means you can avoid the hassle of contacting your GP and making unnecessary round trips to eventually collect your prescription. Find out more at weareflow, spelled P-H-L-O, that's weareflow.com. Well, you mentioned earlier you moved to Partick Thistle. Yeah under John Lambie, yeah. win promotion there. What yeah. was it like working under John Lambie, another I, I, legend? I, 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 I must admit, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't enjoy it. So, uh, uh, that year when we got promotion, and I've mentioned to a guy that it's done similar for yourself, when I, I played, I started 38 of the 44 games that, that promotion year, but um, I, I didn't think I'd played uh, my best football at Thistle, to be fair. Um, I don't know why. Um, I didn't enjoy the training. We did a lot of running, a lot of running. First, first day of pre-season, we're pulling tyres up, up the hill at Rock Hill. You know, so it was completely different. We were running on the, the, the perimeter of the thistle, at Fur Hill, should I say? So I, I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it. But the, but the lucky thing was, John Lambie had a habit of bringing in good players, experienced players. But Andy Murdoch came for Celtic. Jim Duffy, who was magnificent. Best defender I've ever played with with the experience he had. Gordon Ray came for Hibs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then had Dave Irons, we replanning him, Chick Chamley, obviously, Bobby Law, we George Shaw, we, we had a good team, Paul McLaughlin, you know, we had a very good team. Great but, characters as well, eh? Lambie didn't need coaches. No. Didn't, didn't need coaches. We, 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 we coached ourselves and played ourselves, you know. Um, Done him in, done him in that day at Blackpool. Did you ever hear the story there? Never, no. Took us to Blackpool, uh, the kind of mid-break in January. So we drove down, we never went in the coach, we drove down. I, I, I went with Dave Irons, Ray Farnham came and picked us up, we drove down, Dookie Bell. So we're training, <coughs> we're training on, on the beach, and Lambie had the uh, manager's jacket on, and he had all the keys, and we were playing games Jerry Collins had so organised but the sea kept on moving up so there wasn't any place to go so Jerry's like and he says no but it was get the gaff on the sea so we've grabbed him John Lambie so we had him with the legs and arms swinging him like <laughs> leg and arm blah 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 so he started kicking he started kicking out didn't he god you fucking die off like that so we laid him down went back up to the hotel we're in for our tea and uh, John uh, Hartley, the physio, John Lambie's in his car, like he's, he's white as that paper. I just, ah, what's wrong with him? So we're sitting over tea, ready, and Jim Oliver, the chairman, came in and, and said to Jim Duffy, That's an absolute disgrace, Jim. And like, What? John, he's in the hospital. He's got two broken ribs and a punctured lung. What? What? That's what he did that himself. Wasn't he us? Right, so at that time, Hazel Urban was with the BBC. We came up on the Friday, we were playing Kamana, an important game. Uh, uh, he was the manager, Tommy Burns and Billy Stapp. Jim Fleet was the manager of Kamana at the time. And we had to leave John Lambie 
in Blackpool. He's a living, waiting, doing him in the interview. <laughs> so we were in the dressing room and Jerry Collins said in his team top, right, come on, let's do it for the gaffer. We're like, we're doing it for ourselves, we beat Kilmarnock 2-0, right? So then John, obviously, John Lambie recovered, he came back up, he was that, a superstitious guy. He said to Jerry, I'm not coming back until they get beat. Well, do, you know, do you know that we went on a run of eight games, one, and that, and that got his promotion. That Amazing. Promotion, that was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. It's crazy. And the thing about it is, he released me. I was doing my, my license down at Lads. And he said to me, hey, phone me, phone me. I'll let you know. So I was in the phone box you know, at Toby's, outside Toby's Bar in the High Street at Lads. I phoned him up. I says, Gaffer, what's this? Uh, uh, and he gave us the, obviously, what I was due, bonus money, and I'm releasing you. I said, all right, no problem. And that was me, I was released in the phone box at, at uh, Lark's, which, to be fair, I wasn't even bought. Nah, I'd, I'd if you weren't my, enjoying it, then. I, I'd done my bet, we got promotion, and then uh, George Burley, I, I, I thought I wasn't going to get a, gate, a, a team. I was only a week to go for the start of the next season, and George Burley phoned me on the Tuesday and said, look, can you come down and play? Uh, Willie Furphy's not going to sign. You come down and play. I said, I've not really done a pre-season, but I've been training myself. I says, who are you playing anyway? Sunderland. Oh, Sunderland. Teddy Butcher was the manager, so I went down, and I've had a great game, right? Played full-back, and then he said to me, he so the director's what sign you, but can only give you a month. I said, no, I'll take a month. Take a month, no problem. So I played the month, played every game, played the game. Come at the end of the month, he says, we want to sign you for the rest of the season. I never missed a game. Played every game. Played every game that season. What, what was George Burley like? Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Loved it, man. He's training. Uh, he was different class. Obviously had the experience of... of uh, that was his first managerial yeah. uh, post. He's training. Great. Brilliant with the boys. You know, I loved it. It was very good. Um, it was funny because he used to say to me, you, you, you only need to come over full time, right? He says to me, just come down on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Maybe go into Dunfermline, train with them. But it was Jockey Scott, who was the manager at the time. Right. I'm like, I'll just get him a sink. Going in there, <laughs> Jockey. And nothing again. So I just, and I just rested. And I just travelled. Colin McClashen was playing. He stayed at Perth and he came to, obviously, the house in Dunfermline. We'd go turn it with the cars. And we travelled in. And I loved it here United. Brilliant. In fact, Superb. In fact, we, we played Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup that year and, and beat them 3-1 at East End when I was playing for air. Um But, we, you know, you had fond memories in, in the club, but you, you just, at that time when you moved to another club, you, did, you, you know, you had to be professional, didn't you? Yeah. And that was just special with, with being, being a player. Yeah, you know, but um, uh, it's funny because when I played with Parry Thistle, right, we got promotion. Dunfermline got relegated that season. And you know the funny thing, and, and this is this is how how good a person and a man Noddy McCarthy was, right? Because he had Darcy's, right? And I can mind going in and I was buzzing because I'd got promotion. Do you know that Noddy was working behind the bar that night and they just got relegated? And he went to me, Bob, wait a minute, back a minute. I says, well, what is it? And he came out with a bottle of champagne. And he says, Bob, well done, get the promotion. Asked, oh, no, I said, no, no, I said, well done. And, and that was the type of guy he was. Not, not a great guy. Yeah, he's brilliant. 
we'll, we'll touch on Norrie, obviously. Um, and then you leave here, you have a short stint at Albion Rovers. I just went, I just went, um, I just went and played for a month because of um, Mark Shanks. He was at Queen of the South for a spell. He was the manager there. So I, I went there. Actually, that was the time when I left them firmly, actually, with, with the with the community coaching and the, and the coaching. So um, I don't know if you want to, and I'll follow you on. Aye. That. So January 94, yeah. you returned at Dunfermline. Well, what happened was I, 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 the reconstruction of the leagues, there was only three and it was going to four, if you remember. So that first division, there was three getting relegated there. I'm 31, I'm thinking, wait a minute. I've just got my A, I've got an a, my a license, right? And I'm thinking further down the line, I need to, what am I going to do? You know, I didn't want to be going back to Weldon and whatever, so I, I thought, right, I'll do, that's when the community coaching positions were coming up. I first went and for the Hibs one, and John Ritchie ended up getting that, and then Bert and Dick were, were at Dunfermline, came up, and had the word with Bert and Dick, and they said, oh, you'd, you'd be delighted if you came back and be part of your team as a community coach. Mm-hmm. He says, no problem. So I said to George Burley, because I was still contracted at the end of the season, I said, George, I says, what's the chance of releasing me? I says, you know, who's going to take me on? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen at the beginning, end of the season when we, you know, and he just released me in, in the December. And I, when I came back and started in January 94 as a community coach. Brilliant. The SFA came coach, and to be fair, I loved it. What did that involve, Robbo? In the, in, in the early stages? In the early stages, well, the thing about it is, what, what it was, he had to... Um, it was the SFA community coach attached to Dunfermline. There was other Arthur was at St Johnson. There was obviously John Richard was at Hibs. There was somebody at Hearts and whatever else. So what what you really had to do was you, you were taking Dunfermline in the community, but you were also bringing the community to Dunfermline. And I used to run, I used to run courses, Easter courses, summer courses down at Petrivi. But then I was away at Cooper, and then uh, one week, and then I ended up away up at Anstruther, uh, Clonmelis. You know, wherever, um, doing courses, running for the kids, and it's funny because um, when I was with my son the other week there, uh, he knows uh, guys that well, he's thirty four that were nine ten year old that used to come. Yeah. And I was taking them for for the coaching at the class the at the Petrivia uh, and that, and it and it's funny because my remit was to get grassroots and get kids involved in that. And I see that the the five sevens was twenty five years um anniversary there. And and that was me I, I started that off. Me and my, my friend actually four we decided to like we need to get kids involved. So on a Saturday morning we would go and we'd put the bibs in and kids would come and we'd put them in the team and we had the SFA goals that they gave me as part of the the community programme, so we put the goals up and the kids displayed. And then what happened was the boys' club started to find out what was happening between and they would come and cherry pick the kids away from the, the soccer sevens. So that's when we decided, look, we need to kind of raise this level up. And that's when the five sevens became with all individual teams. And, and uh, obviously, I was involved with uh, Norris. Yeah, you set all that up, didn't you? Set up with John in '97, the year after Norrie died, the Norrie McCarthy and everything, and I, I raised. You know, we used to do the dinners. I used to have the dinners in the Glen. I don't know many times a year. We used to take the boys to Holland. We won the Hallam Cup with the Norries in 2004, 
and uh, you know we raised money and obviously then when I ended up um, going to other position, I couldn't I couldn't keep that on. But it was good to see that the five sevens with Andy and, and John Hodge, who, who mm-hmm. was one of my coaches, and that is still working there. And kids are still getting that opportunity to play in that five seven. So I'm 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 delighted that that's still that's. Still you must good. be proud of that. Yeah. See when you go down to Petrivia on a Saturday yeah, Sunday morning, it's it's a great yeah. place to be yeah, for kids' fac- football. Yeah, and the facility obviously with the with the, the Astro there and the other bit there that they can have the the smaller kids playing four aside and a, so that is uh, that is great to see. So I'm I'm, I'm delighted that uh, that that's still going and, and obviously the Norries are still going as well. Yeah. In the uh, different age groups, hopefully I can uh, I could get maybe this year. I think last year we were trying to get to an award and I yeah. couldn't I couldn't make it. So hopefully it'd be, it'd be nice to actually go back and and speak to the parents and let them know what how the Norries all came about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd like, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do something for the Norries, actually. Because I know, obviously, a lot of the other clubs, the Swifts, that we do a lot of work yeah. in here, their clubs just, and they took off, you know, down at Delgate Bay, so... You can see the potential. The Norries could be that level, couldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I think we were heading, I think mm-hmm. we were heading to some kind of level like that, but obviously I moved, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it on because I'd moved to... Uh, I'd moved to Livingston at the time, you know, but obviously getting back to the community, yeah. you know, it's funny because, you know, more touched with Dave McParland as well. He, honestly, Mikey, he was different class. I used to sit in that office at, at uh, East End and he would, he knew everybody in the game, you know, for the highest level down in England, we, you know, we, uh, Bill Nicholson and, and uh, Shankly and everybody, because he was the manager that time when Barry Thistle beat Celtic 4-1 in yeah. 1970. We had, Ronnie Glavin and Ruff and Hansen and his team and that. So he, he had a vast amount of experience. I tapped into that. And he used to say to me, Graham, come down and help the help police, you know, with the experience that you've got. And, you know, I mentioned Mo because I, I listened to his podcast and he's right. You know, McGrotty, Stephen Boyle, Nish, you know, Kevin Dornley. They, they were all playing in the youth team. So I did four years as a community coach, and then Davis is like, you're, you're, you, you've done, uh, you've done that, you know, you need to come and take this youth team, because it was, it was quite funny actually. Well, no, it was good for me because, because I was attached to the club. See all the courses and that, all the players used to come down and yeah. sign the autographs and do the presentations. Guido, Westy, you know, Nori. You know, used to it's so important that though, because kids Peter, remember Peter, that. They all used to come down. Mm-hmm. Martin Miller, brilliant. I was, brilliant. Ah, Robo Wilkin, Greg Shields, and they were all there. Evil, brilliant lads. Get their photo taken with the kids. So I was lucky I had that environment that I could tap into. Yeah, but Bert and Dick created that, didn't they? They were great. Bert, Bert, I, honestly, it was funny because um, I used to go down and I used to I used to take part in the training sometimes with Dick and that. Then Rob will get in here and play, whatever else. Um, and I came in one day Dick said to me, Robo, you go and take that squad there because we'll have the first team out here. And big, I can mind big John Clark and, and uh, I think Mark Miller was across with me at that time. And there's a few others who were playing the game, they're all mucking about. I'm like, stuff this up in my foot. And I said, lads, lads, I might, I might be just a community coach, but did he come over here and muck about in my sessions, right? Because the manager, and see, after that, the boys were different class. Ah, you're right, Robo, you're right. You're the, and it was brilliant. Superb. It was great. 
It was good. I used to referee the game in Burton Dicky, so we refereed the games. You know, the practice games, because at that time, Owen Coyle, Andy Smith, Billy Davis, uh, they, they were all playing, you know, mm-hmm. at that time, when I was back as a cleaning coach, so it was, it was good just to be part of that yep. environment, although you weren't a player. Um, but it was good with the, with the youth team. I can mind, you know, and it's relevant to them film, because um, I was taking the youth team, and we were close playing at Hibs, and Dave McParland said to me, Graham, I've got, I've got a lad come and play. Have a look up and see what you think. I said, ah, no problem. I played him. The first five minutes, I knew he was a player. I said, oh, David, where did he go? It was Alec Neal. Right, aye, the manager now, right? Alec Neal. He came and played. He was different class. He had so much of that. And I came in up at Dundee. We hammered Dundee, the under-18s, this day up, up there. And Nishi was getting involved with the centre-half. And there was a wee bit, and Alec Neal just come right in and took control and... You know, he had that real mm-hmm. uh, leadership quality that obviously he's put into practice over his time. I, I felt sorry for him because, I don't know, just circumstances in the game, but again, Mo touched about the kitchen and that's right, everybody congregated at the kitchen and had their toast and whatever else and players were going in to see if they were getting released or kept and, and Alec, unfortunately, I said, Alec, you'll be fine, but you got released. Got released, couldn't but I couldn't believe it to be fair. And he went to Airdrie the next year and he came back and he actually played magnificent mm-hmm. against the Fairman and Dave Bassett came and bought him for Barnsley, twenty-five grand, and they could have been that could have been but something football, isn't it? That's it. Football you are right place at the right time, the, the budget, whatever else it put mm-hmm. the, the, the circumstances, you know, it was uh, it was quite funny. Uh, but it, it was good times because Wee McGrath, he was a right good wee player. Colin Nishke uh, scored goals for fun, just had a knacker. And, and I heard Mo saying about Stephen Boyer. Mm. No. Who was the one well, you would say out of that kind of group that you thought they're going to f- go on and do brilliant? And they ended up just. I thought Wee McGrath quick, had real talent. You know, he had, he, he obviously was a small, but he was a tenacious, he, he had good skill. He, even the boy Stephen Boyle, you know. But ended up Nishi, ended up doing the best out of the lot of them, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, got a wee chance, but then went to Commandant, did really well. Down at Commandant, scored a lot of goals and went to Hibs. So his career kind of was probably the better of the money. You wouldn't have thought that because when I was taking the youth team and we, and we Joe, used to say, we need to get the kitten organised. I said, ah, where, where is all the players? Where's Nish? He posted missing away high down the stand. He didn't want to do the work and rolling up and making sure the first team kit was... As soon as he got a contract and he didn't need to do that, he was away. He was off after training mm-hmm. and whatever else. So um, that was. Uh, I remember the days when when the young players were coming in. Aye. It's funny because when I was um, when I was a youth coach, and then obviously circumstances themselves, I, I didn't know if it was a bit of politics because I was involved in the Norries and whatever else. But obviously, I got I got kind of paid off and. Uh, I came in, we were up at we were up at a reserve game. I was helping Jim and Nick with the reserves. Came in and Dick pulled me in and said, unfortunately, we need to let you go. Uh, all right, he's going to be like that. So uh, anyway, that was it. But I had a practice game still down at Bajivi against Dundee on the, on the Friday. And I went in and in the dressing room, I said to the boys, like Mark Smith and uh, Mark Miller and Stuart Petey and Greg Shields and Evo and all them. I said, "Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. What? What's happened? I don't know. I just 
was it? One of those things. Jenny, I goes down to Pachiri, running it, and Wesley comes in. And uh, Robo there. I says, what is it? He says, there, there, boy, boys have had a wee footprint for you. He says, no, I says, nah, you don't need to do that. You know, 500 quid in the envelope. I was nearly in tears, man. I was like, Wesley, that's, that's how that's how you thought about that. I, I had a good relationship with the, yeah. the players and I was, I was just a youth coach. But anyway, um, you know, it was, that, that's just how it was. As you said earlier on, that's football. That is, Sometimes yeah. it happens like that, you know, so I was... Um, that, that was that's how it, that's what happens you know so one, one season during that time uh, though, what, what yeah. highlight and there was a real highlight because we got promotion won the league but we also lost Norrie what speak a wee bit about that season that was crazy well obviously Burton Brick had them buzzing that year you know that they, they, they were playing very good football um, I, I don't know how the I, I can't even recall what, what the league positions were at the time and whatever even when when obviously that tragic tragedy happened with Norrie, I don't know what the what the situation was with the with the league positions, you know, but obviously kinda of that knocked the whole club. Um and then they rallied they rallied round, did they know their first game was against who who did it was Clyde Bank. Was it Clyde Bank? Aye. Yeah, Clyde Bank, that's right. Did How did you hear the news of when I was, do you still remember uh, that moment? Yeah, I do. I, 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 I try to think who, I think it was John Jobson that phoned me. And uh, I went in, obviously I went in the next day and, you know, everybody just couldn't, couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. So I phone, went in and then that was, what happened was, remember everybody started to lay the flowers at the front. Yeah, the front I do, of the, yeah. The front of the, the main, main door. So there was an absolute blanket of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, flowers and bouquets and that. And they actually had to move it onto the onto the pitch. Yeah. Because they had the memorial service, didn't they? Yeah. On on the pitch, and then 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 it was a funeral that uh, over at uh, well, Warrison, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. so it was players, I in Edinburgh. Yeah. So the players had to get bussed over, and uh, that was nae that was nae good. That was. But to be fair, Bert and Dick must have. You know, done something to to get the players motivated and and uh, just we need to go on with it. You know, can we can we can we do it for Norrie? Can we, you know, something? It's a bit like Scotland there with Gordon McQueen. Yeah. You know, with the, the game in Norway, it brings it brings people that, yeah. that matter closer together, and they they want to do it for. Uh, you know the person that they've just lost, and I think that was the case. You know, and then that game against Airdrie when when uh, Mark scored the penalty in class against Andy Roach as well. So that was. Uh, do you know it's funny because I've wrote, I've wrote it down, and, and no everybody know it probably now that I, I ended up I was Sammy Danny that day. Do you know that? Like mine when I was a community coach, Audrey Bassinelli said to uh, pre-season. They, maybe that first year was there we were playing Stoke and Bolton I think it was Stoke and, Stoke and Bolton I think you're right yeah look at anybody to do the mascot could you do this I said I'm not doing that I'm not doing the mascot man what are you talking about I've not got anybody else I said listen I'll do it for these two games and I ended up being Sam and I ended up doing it for a whole season <laughs> can't give it up and then 
there was one there was one time I said to Alec, no, look, put that on, Alec. What is it? I said, I'm going to do the river dance. What? I'm going to do that. Put it on. It's eight minutes long, river dance. So I went out to the middle of the park and I've started giving it the old river dance. And, and the Sammy, Sammy the Tammy outfit, and I'm like, I just started and I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I'm lasting for eight minutes because it was frozen. So I managed to finish it and that and I went up the tunnel and I had to get the, honestly, I had to get back. <laughs> but then I was, if you remember the, um, that game. The Airdrie game. They didn't know when the, the helicopter was going to fall, whatever Falcon were playing or whatever, so. Now it was Dundee United. Because yeah. that season it was like Dundee United, Morton and right. us could have won that title. Right. Yes, so I didn't know where it was going. So there was a delay, obviously. So I was on the pitch being Sammy. I think I got, I'd collapsed in that and the, and the kid knowing I got stretched off. And I was came and carried me off in that. But, you know, an ex-player being Sammy the Tammy, man, that's crazy. It was, it was funny at the time, you know what I mean? Just to be... Uh, Part of the celebrations on the park with, with Sammy the Tammy. Come in, Alec Mill, shouting, What are you doing tonight, Sammy? And I'm giving it all day. Giving it, you know, I'll be drinking, celebrating. So I was, I was funny. But obviously, we wish he was, that, that never happened. You know, and Norrie was still here, without a doubt, because, and, and, you know, he's got the stand named after him, and, you know, the Norries are still playing. His name lives on, but I wish, Obviously, I wish he was, he was still part of us. Of course. Part of our lives. Because it was, um, him and John were, were uh, who knows if he would still be in the pub trade and whatever else. Because when they had the Eastport and that, it was brilliant. Nico's Darcy's Eastport, wasn't it? Super, it <laughs> The Sunday sesh. David Brown and that, uh, Agnew and that would be playing in the Eastport Sunday. Brilliant. Brilliant. Good days, Robo. That was very good days, man. Uh, uh, good memories, to be fair. Good memories. Well, you leave Dunfermline, and yeah. then your next kind of big gig, you go on to head of youth development at Livingston. Yeah. And yeah. you have a really good time there in developing young players, don't you? Uh, it was great. Well, I'd ended up at Drake Rovers first, and then they got relegated, and they had to, uh, the, the youth. So I ended up moving to, and it was only part-time. I was a part-time coach at Livingston, Jim MacArthur. Rishi's pal took me over and then uh, they wanted uh, to um, bring the whole youth development in-house and uh, Pierce Flynn and Ruby and Kyle's, Ruby and Curry is now, she's is, is now uh, married now, uh, I became the head of youth and Alec Clellan was the under-19s coach and Alan Preston and Alan Kernan at that time was manager and assistant, so I became the head of youth and that was my journey into that level of football, dealing with players, young players and and obviously parents. But me and Alec Clellan were like that. Brilliant. I had a great relationship with Alec. And as you say, we brought you know, I was just speaking the other day there and over a period of six years we brought twenty players into the first team. Twenty players. And who were some of the names that Well there was Robert Snodgrass. We 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 he only helped. We we you know, I, I can remember David McParlin saying, you know, I was I was just there at the time when I brought McFadden through and, and had him and had him and that. That's what I used to say. I never used to say, ah, that was me. You know, we gave them an opportunity, like uh, Robert Snodgrass, Graham Dorns, Murray Davison, uh, Jimmy Scott, who's manager of Gala, 
Um, Lee Griffiths, was he part of all that? Griffiths came later on. He, well, here you go. Getting back to uh, James McPeak, present manager of the night. Yeah. He was a young player at yeah. Livingston. In fact, me and Alec gave him his debut for Livingston against Kilmarnock. Right? He, he played in the youth team, and I think, I think maybe, maybe James will correct me, I think he broke his leg. Yeah, he had a bad injury, didn't he? As a, as a youth player, I think he, I'm sure he broke his leg. Anyway, came back and we were... Uh, Alan Preston and Kearney, Alan Kearney got sacked. So Vivian pulls me and Alec in and says, you need to take the team. We're in the Premier League. You, you need to take the team at Kilmarnock on Saturday. Jim Jeffries, Billy Brown. So me and Alec are sitting and I'm saying, what are you going to do? I says, I says Alec, you know something, I think you should throw some sparrows in the work. See if we put some young boys in. They're like, they don't know who they are. So James McPeak played up front. He was a striker then. He played up front with Jim Hamilton. With the big boy Oscar. Eh, no, sorry, Brian Harden was big centre half. He played. And the boy Jim eh, Stevie Adam played, right? Well, obviously, Brian Harden, I knew Nish, eh, Colin Nish. Right, through my time, I'm saying Nishi's a good player, but he's, he's not really aggressive. So Ryan Harden, I'm saying, right in, right in with Nishi, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so that was that, and we, we ended up beating them 3-1. So it's funny because after, and, and I used Dave McParland, I says, Davey, come down in the bus, we're sitting in the stand. You know, we're, we're rookies here. Yeah, I come down, went, came in the bus, he sat in the stand. That's how highly I thought of Dave Mc, you know, great. So we beat him 3 1. She's to Alec, we went done the press conference. Oh, they, they, you know, you've done well. They, they, no, we're not, we're not wanting the job. We're just, you know, somebody will be up in the stand that's going to be the manager. So I was that. Now you've done well. Alex, what are you going? I said, No, we need to go in and see the manager. That's what you do. Go, come on, we're going for a drink now. Oh, no, yes, come on, shut the door. Jim Jeffries and Billy Bounce goes, <laughs> goes in and uh, Ian Durant was coaching at the time. He obviously knew Alex, so he's shaking his hand if they say, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> doing that. Beating us and Billy Brown, so you want a drink, lads? Aye. Jim, Jim Jeffries was on the phone. Uh, well done, Billy Brown, well done. So Jim's come off the phone, so he's uh, well done, lads. So he's talking away. And uh, Jim says, what, what, what do you do at the club? And Alex says, oh, I'm, not, I'm the... I'm the under-19s coach and, and Robbo, he's a head of youth, can see Jim, right, if they think, what, news came down here and turned us out, <laughs> you know, and then on the Monday, uh, Richard Goff and Archie Knox came in as a manager and assistant at Livingston. Brilliant. Great. What did you enjoy most about coaching, Robbo? Just being part and seeing the boys develop, uh, you know, especially like, you know, We'll take Murray Davison, right? Murray Davis, when I was taking the team, he was only this height, mm-hmm. right? And I kept on having to take him off. And his dad would say to me, Ronald, says, well, what's happening? I says, he's not ready yet. And, and see all that? That was coming from Dave McParlin. Because he used to say, he's not ready. Give him time and play him here. No, no, no him, but, but this his way of thinking. Yeah. I took that on board to never forget. I says, he's not ready. Not ready. Says, so we were going to play in the... the the milk cup. I says, stay doing it and they're leaving. I says, take him down, rest. I says, come up before we go to, uh, 
We were going to Northern Ireland playing the Milk Cup and he came back up and he played like a main score. He scored this absolutely rakery, a free kick against Bo the first game. And we ended up going well into the tournament. We actually played, played Barcelona, right? And Murray played against Busquets. Wow. That's who played for Barcelona. He played against Busquets there. And obviously then Murray sprouted up and, and uh, obviously it's done great in the game, you know, with the, the level he's played at. I had a band of coaches, obviously, when I was a head of youth and I uh, had uh, Roddy Grant, I had uh, uh, Derry McWilliams, I had Keith Wright, I had uh, wee Mickey Weir came in and helped. I had a guy called Paul Conley who said to me, I've got this lad at Hutchie Bale, come in, he's, he's, he's coming off the rails and I bring him in and it was Lee Griffiths. And I came in going and watching him around the back, he played with the 17s and he, was, he had pace, he, he was shooting for here, he scored goals, and I'm like, oof, he's a player. I went round and I said to Alec, I says, Alec, there's a boy who's come in there, Griffiths. I says, we need to come up to the 19s. So I got him out in the 19s and was the same again, played against Stirling Albion. And uh, we went to Levin and said, you need, you need to sign him. And we signed him, signed him for buttons, you know, full time buttons he was on. I can mind, and he, he was he was a hot head, and he, he would get sent off, and we have to pull him in and say, "You need to calm down, man. You need to just play the game." He was, his dad would come to the game, and we fought with his dad. He would get, oh my god! And then, and then, what happened was um, when Paul Hagerty, when the when the, Itali the Italians obviously were there, and then they had the Italian managers, and they they kind of left when they got paid off, and Paul Hagerty came in. David Hay brought Paul Hagerty and to be the manager, but obviously couldn't bring anybody as assistant. So he came to me, he says, Graham, come into the office. He says, I, I, I know you, but he says, I don't know of you, but you know him, but he says, but I know, I know who you are. He says, I want you to come and help me in the dugout. You're the, you know the young boys. What do you think? I says, I'd play the boy Griffiths, me like. And uh, the first game, we stayed overnight up at, we were playing Ross County. And, uh, um, it goes up first game, beat them three one. <laughs> beat them three one. Rocco Quinn played with Joe 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 is it Joe Hamill? Yeah. Joe Hamill, ex Hearts player. Yeah, aye, Joe Hamill, yeah. Aye. Great, great wee player. Obviously James McPay played, um and Griffiths scored. We beat them three one, stopped at Abbey Moore, got a fish supper, back to the road and you know, it was it was it was brilliant. You know, seeing the players develop, obviously Snodgrass Robert Snodgrass went on, did great. Graham Dorn's brilliant. You know, a funny thing was when we were at Archie Knox, to be fair, right, at Livingston was, see, he's a coach. You know, you talk about, talk about Dave McBall. Archie Knox was phenomenal. Obviously, the experience he had with Sir Alex at Aberdeen and Man United boys and Rangers. And and Rangers, yeah. And his came, he was magnificent, brilliant. He says to me and Alec, you take the reserves, I've done all that. You so the reserves were playing in the, the SPFL, or the S, uh, SPL, so to say, and we take the reserves. So Richard Goff had brought these three Hungarians in, Gabor, Ferns, and Attila, or whatever his name was. So we're up at Dundee this day, and uh, it was 1-1, one, one, and uh, actually uh, Richard were in the stand, and I'm saying, oh, get Donson, get Donson, you win this again. No, no, they've not, they've not had a shout. Get him on. Take, take 
take our tail off. Hope it's my tail off. So uh, Alex is right, okay, and so we've put we've put the so the so the big Hungarian's coming off. Like, oh no, Happy's getting taken off the wheel. Ah, sit down, sit down in the dugout, sit down, Dorn's going to win this again. So he's doing the slope, he's dipped the shoulder, he's chipped the goalie, right in the goal, 2 1, right? I'm saying, ah, won the game, won the game. Right, so the next day, Archie's shouting this, yes, two, in, Buster Keaton, meeting. So he's got us up, and we were like school kids in front of him. He says, see that decision yesterday? That'll get your C license taken off you. He says, Dorns gets his game in the under-19s. These boys have got to get their games in the reserves, right? So, make that a lesson, be a lesson to you, right? Get it. And just as we're getting out the door, he, he, he shouts, and by the way, and the two years turned down and he went, great decision. <laughs> <laughs> great decision. That was, that was actually not, he was brilliant. Man. He, he, so one minute you're showing away. Oh, no, we were like wee kids, like standing like that in front of. Aye. He was like, you yeah, that decision and that. And by the way, brilliant decision. Me and Alec, oh, that's funny. But, see, but it, it was like, that, that's a high of being a coach and, and like, the same as being a player, especially, you know, somebody in his uh, stature. You know, he was, he was very good, actually. Brilliant, man. What, what would you say you're most proud of? Like, you're Dunfermline coaching. And Livingston, like, That's, combining them? Had a, probably any kind of coaching in terms of the youth, because it was good. It was just good seeing young players develop. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a story. That, that time when I obviously was leaving, I brought a lad in called Stephen Ferguson, who came for the side, right? Played in the youth team and that. And I thought, I, I don't feel I need to sign him. But circumstances, budgets, whatever, it wasn't, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't happen. So... I had uh, David Cluett was uh, came across from Malta. Played sixty five times international from from Malta. He he, he tragically died with a brain hemorrhage back in the early well, well, that was two thousand. That was two early two thousands, right? But he said to me, "You you'd be good in Malta." But I said, "I don't need to go to Malta here." But then obviously that happened. So I phoned him up. He says, "Come out." So I went out to, out to Malta. I was 37. And he says, have you got a striker? I says, ah, I've got a striker. So I took Stephen Ferguson. He's 18, I'm 37. So we went out and Unbelievable in Malta. David Clayton was playing with Gozo. So travelled to Gozo. Um, and me and Fergie diving into the sea, playing about like young kids and that. <laughs> kind of unbelievable. So he comes back. Because they, they had the three foreigners rule, right? So it comes back, and I'm thinking, nah, I can't love that. I say, I'm going back. So I says, I'm going back, one way ticket, I'm going back. So I'm just about to leave the night before. Fergie phones me again, he says, I'm coming with you again. I said, What? He says, I'm coming back out again. I said, I think we're meant to be playing again. So I come back out. So I hired the car from Edinburgh Airport and I drove to Manchester and we, we got the flight from Monarch Airlines. No, it didn't exist anymore. So I went back to Malta. This game, so we're, we're in the dressing room. Freddie Cardona, I can I can recall it. We're no starting, so I'm looking at David Clear. I'm saying, What's that? What's that? No playing. So I'm, I'm thinking, Right, I'm the professional as I am. I, I warmed up, I never I never sat in the dugout. Freddie, young Stephen was in the dugout, so I'm warming up, warming up. Comes to half time, still no one. Just after half time, he goes, Graham, come, come. 
he says, uh, where, where do you play? I said, nah, I normally play fullback. He said, okay, I move, I move, I take him off. I, move. I said, no, I'll tell you what, just put me on. Yeah, just put me on so he plays me wide left, right? So we're winning 1-0 against Marsa. So the ball comes in over, I'm at the back post, David's in, David Clute's in the goal. So it's one of them that's coming over and you think, do you leave it or do you head it back to David Clute? So I've went and headed it back to Clute. He's missed it and it's went in, own goal. Right, <laughs> so by this time Fergie's on, he's like, oh no, no, we're on the plane tomorrow, we're on the plane tomorrow, we're not getting a contract, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, stuff this, I knew, I, I was, I was, so I, I played a big, I played a one-two with a good, good player in the middle of the pattern, I've got it back and I smashed this for 25 yards, right in the top corner, <laughs> right in the top corner, and I've turned around to Freddie Cardone, I'm like, get it right up you, right? <laughs> so, so, so we won the game 2-1 and the game's finished and, and everybody's all shaking hands and I see this guy running, sprinting across, right, for here, right up to me, right, grabs me, we want to sign you, we want to sign you, it was the manager of Marsa, the other team, I said, no, no, I said, no, I, I, I don't know what, uh, what what's happening, I said, no, it's okay, we want to sign you, so they say, I'm 37, Fergie's 18, so he comes back and uh, it was a, it was a kind of pre-season, I didn't know what was happening with me because, um, Obviously, that was that was before Wraith Rovers, so I was then getting into that. So this was before then. And Fergie says to me, Robo, I, I maybe got a, a chance of going to East Fife. I says, I says, go to East Fife. Rab Shannon was the manager. Says, Take that. Go to East Fife. Play. Get involved. That season, he scored nine goals in the first ten games of the season. And what happened? Now, he was my youth player. Mm-hmm. Then, David Pleat. Tottenham came and bought him for 250 grand. Yeah, can I remember that? Yeah. 250 grand and he went to Tottenham when Glenn Hoddle was the manager. He, ne- he, never, he, never, he never got a first team, he played in the reserves, but uh, he, he used to say to me, he said, we went to Ireland and Wes Ferdinand and Terry Sheringham, and he said, him and another guy went to the first team and he took them into the rooms and, and said, look, you're good players, you know, stick in, young players and whatever. And he came up as on loan to Motherwell and Terry Butcher was the manager. And then he ended up, the last time, well, years ago, he mm-hmm. ended up playing with Woken. But I don't know what his football career pathway took, but that, that, that was him. Wow. And Adam at Dunfermline, young player. No bad getting a move to Spurs, eh? Yeah, I know. What yeah. advice would you give to an aspiring young coach? I think, um, let, let, I think you've got a, as, as an aspiring coach, I think you've got to try and gather as much knowledge as you can. Uh, from people who have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was lucky because I had Dave McParland and I was lucky that um, that you could pick up bits and pieces from your playing days that you could take. I, I always used to say when I, when I coached, especially when I started to get involved, we, uh, when Bert and Dick used to give us the boys and that, I thought, I'm, I'm giving the players what I liked as a player. You know, with passing drills and shooting drills and whatever else. That's what I did as a, as a coach. But I think, um, I think what you've got to be is, uh, you've got to be enthusiastic, you've got to have the knowledge and you've got to be honest with, with the players as a, as a coach, I would say, um, and, and be yourself. I think, I think there's, a lot of, there's a lot of um, coaches coming into the game now that have been a university got a sports degree in this and a sports degree in that that maybe no played 
the game and built up that knowledge of the playing side and then taking it onto the coaching side, I think it's a wee bit different. I think, um, you know, there's a, you know, to be a player and experience being a player, I think you gather that knowledge that can help you be a coach. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to be able to uh, go and, and, uh, and, and speak in front of people. You've got to go and tell players that they're maybe not good enough or, you know, what, what they're doing wrong or try and correct them and put them in the right, right pathway. Um, I had all that as a head of youth. So it was, uh, you know, when head of youth at Livingston then went to uh, Stennis Muir, kept him in the performance level for four years. That, that was a hard that was a hard gig, by the way, because mm-hmm. you know Stennis Muir really uh, did well to play at that level, and then obviously went to Fourth Valley um, under Falkirk and Stennis Muir and East Stirling, and that was a hard gig as well. You know, I wasn't the head of youth; I was just uh, I ended up as being a, the performance coach. I was identifying, going to the games at the weekend and identifying individuals, and then trying to help them. I, I enjoyed it, but um, it, that was only a pilot scheme at that time. This is. Uh, I don't think. I, I don't think this is going to last. To be fair, and and it was right, and that's when I ended up um, going down to Man City and getting that in China, man. That was that was the best experience ever, man. How did that come about? I seen it on the SFA. There was on the website. They were wanting Man City were looking for coaches to go to China, and I said to my wife Tracy, I said, "Look, she's put you know what are you bothering about that?" I says, "I'm going down to see." So I, I came in driving down at four o'clock, leaving at four o'clock in the morning, getting down to the Etihad and uh, going in amongst the, the coach. There must have been about 50 coaches. And it was funny because everybody was wanting to uh, say, oh, I've done this and I've been to America and I've coached this. And I, I was, I just, I just, I was, I was never said. And it was funny because um, you had to, it was like an icebreaker. You had to speak to the person next to you and say, What's your name and what what, what experience have I had? Where did you get? And then you had to say what he was about, and then that. And I'm thinking, and then they were having to do flip charts and write, and I'm like, that's no, that's no what. I've. And then after in the afternoon, you had to do coaching in the afternoon, take a wee squad. You had to pair up, and that that's when I came to my focus, my enthusiasm, and helping everybody, not just my own session, but helping everybody else's session. Mm-hmm. The other coaches, they obviously they seen that. So that was the way they came back up. I guess an email saying I would I'd been uh, selected to be a lead coach in China. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I says to Tracy, look, well, I said, please, please allow me to go. This is too much an opportunity. So um, come in the boy Jim, who who was the Chinese boy, but he done a he did a business degree at Loughborough. Phone up, says you. You need to come out. You know you're coming to Senjie. I'm like, where's Senjie? Getting them happy. Oh, this takes the whole call. Oh my, that'll do for me, right? So, I ended up. Tracy dropped us off at the. Uh, I went and got my my. Uh, had to go to the consulate in uh, Edinburgh and get my my three month. A working visa. I think. No, no working visa. Just to get into the country. Just a three month visa. Right. To get into the country. So Tracy dropped me off. Edinburgh gave her a kiss and a cup and I said, I'll see, I'll see you in 10 months but my kids and Tracy came out to see me anyway but so I, I, 
I flew to Paris, and then from Paris, I, I came in taking off. It was just, I went, from, I'm going to Shanghai. I'm, all, I'm only Western. Everybody was Chinese on that flight, mm-hmm. absolutely more. So, so I came in looking at the morning. I said, where's, the, where's this flight going? So I'm heading away to Norway. I'm like, oh my God. And then it's veered and it's went right through the middle of Russia, right in the, the Mongolia, right down Mongolia into Shanghai. So I get to Shanghai. I'm like, what's happening here? How do I get to Shenzhen? And then obviously, I don't know how I did it, but I ended up getting on the Shenzhen flight getting off at Shenzhen and there, there the, the school meeting with a big bouquet of flowers and that new be coach honestly I looked after me brilliant Mikey so what did the role involve then? I, I was coaching, coaching. I, I was coaching the, the kids at the school I stayed at the school they gave us a room at the school and there was under 12s and I, I, had, to, I had to coach them and I, obviously I couldn't speak Chinese I didn't know at that time that some of them were, they could speak English Jim used to be my translator until I got to know the kids and two of them could speak English because they got taught English and uh, I came in being in, the, in my room and uh, I was the door chaps and laugh what's happening yeah boys drilling drilling putting curtains up putting a blind up I had a, <laughs> a brand new bed of Versace uh, uh, duvet pillows and that Boys away in the uh, kitchen putting a washing machine in, microwave and that. Oh, what's happening here? TV comes in, uh, Wi Fi, everything. You, 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 be comfortable. You be coach. You very good away. I'm like, oh my god. The teacher stayed in that level as well, right? Yeah. I was the only one that had the Wi Fi. Ah, different. They, they looked after me great. I, I took the kids. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they doubled up and. We had a youth players for Shenzhen, which was 10 minutes. They had a 60,000-seater stadium like Shenzhen that Seedorf was the manager a few years ago. They took us everywhere. Took us away. I, I went everywhere. Like four hours away to Wuzhou. I came in. It was the, it was the uh, Chinese New Year. So I'm in the, in the kids' double-decker. They were all like, they, they loved me. I loved them. A lot of the kids were different class. So it comes to this checkpoint going into the next province from Guando into this other province. There was a checkpoint with the soldiers. So the bus stops. They comes up. Up the stairs, they're looking about. Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. No Chinese. No, come on, off, off. Gun, off, come off. So it's marched to the office. And Jim's running down. No, he's coach, he coached in Chinese, but they coach. Yeah, yeah. Passport, passport. Look, look. By this time, my work permit was in there. It was the first thing they'd done when I got there was to go and get my work permit and my and my passport. So I was I, I was legit to be in the country. Yeah. So that was me right. So laughing. Twice that happened to me. Because when I went back, the same thing happened again. Man City were coming across to play in that Champions Cup thing. They playing Borussia Dortmund and and uh, all the other coaches, there was about thirty coaches in different provinces in China. Uh, Greg a good friend Greg Taylor he was um, two hours away he came and stayed with me I says come to St. Jen man. it's like New York come to St. Jen so all the coaches and all Man City came and uh, come in being in this Irish bar and Ross said Robo Robo you are in the best bit I says I'm in unbelievable <laughs> bit this man well you were here must have been quite surreal for you oh, being there God, walking from Man City I was just there myself right see the first time I walked out like it and it was like torrential rain last night 
absolutely belted because it was like monsoon stuff. So I went out and I'm like, oh my God. I couldn't believe the amount of people was walk, it was uh, walking about. But in, in that province, Guando province, there was 18 million people in that province. There was like eight to 10, eight, between eight and 10 million in Sengen alone. Right? It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just walking about. And, and uh, so Jim says to me, we, we played tournament in uh, Beijing. I saw, so I missed the Man City game, but I mean, I went to the training and uh, met uh, um, company and all that one night at a reception thing. So I says, how, how, are we getting to, how are we getting to Beijing? Bullet train. It's bullet train. 11 hours in this bullet train, all the kids in the, in the train and the compartment all, all done properly, all seat. This bullet train. Right through the centre of China, I, I couldn't. Eleven hours. Eleven hours in the bullet train, right? Three hundred and some mile an hour, unbelievable. So, so we get to Beijing, and we get into the hotel, and it was right across the road for the bird's nest where the Olympics was. So I says to the boy, the courier, you see, young boy, I says, you take me. Yeah, I'll take you later. So he took me across to the to the park, and I wandered round the the Olympic Park and got my photo taken and next to the bird's nest and just say I'd been there. So I says to Jim, uh, Jim Quar, I says, what, what? I says, are we training tomorrow? No, 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 rest day tomorrow. I says, oh, rest day. They take us to the uh, Great Wall. I says, what? Take us to the Great Wall of China. And it, it was, see in Shenzhen, it was like a tropical climate. So we went to Beijing, it was to see the smog. It just lay, mm -hmm. just, it was there. I, I, outside my hotel, I'm like, oh, that's like completely different. So all the buses for all the countries, like, because it was not, it was new, St. Jem was representing Saint, there was other, from other countries. Um, and they took us out, they, all the buses went, six buses, they took us to this point where the, the Great Wall was. And we were only 20 minutes, 20 minutes outside the city, and the smog wasn't there. It was like a day, like we have in here, bright sunshine. And we went to the, the, the Great Wall, just blew me away, man. Unbelievable. What a great experience for oh you. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. It was incredible just to be standing on that great wall and say, this, this is the great wall of China. And that was, no, it was brilliant. Um, I can mind people um, uh, wanting their pictures taken to me because, the, who, who, where are you from? And, and uh, Scotland and Chinese is Sugarland. That's how, that's how you say it, Scotland, Sugarland. All right. Sugarland, ah, get the photo in the Great Wall. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I, I, I used to walk down to the, the park. <clears throat> I, used to, I used to actually put things on Facebook for everybody to see. I would tell the story when I was in China. And the very first day I walked down to this park and uh, I was just sitting in, it was like the, the old, it was like some of them that sell like 60 year olds, some of them, like old people. And it was like, it was, uh, I had the badminton court but quite high and I had this shuttlecock about this size. And they were, they were passing it over the net with their feet, right? Using the feet and up here and mm -hmm. keeping it up. And I, I, I was mesmerized. I was just sitting watching this in this park. <laughs> Can you believe it? Unbelievable. And these two old people, right? Old women. I don't know what they were talking about because they had phones. We, we want picture. We want picture. But, yeah, picture. Where are you from? Getting herself. <laughs> that was the first kind of day I was there. It was, it was crazy. Dream job, eh? Oh, my God. I loved it. I was in it. Obviously, I missed, I missed Tracy and that. She came across with Matthew and Hannah. Mm -hmm. and, and then, obviously, I came back. 
And uh, I think, I don't know what happened to Man City. I don't know. I was meant to go back again because I had had my work permit for another another year in my passport before I left. So it was easy for me to get from Hong Kong back through, you know. So anyway, it didn't happen. I came back. I worked at the airport. And then I get a phone call for Alec Clellan. Robert, do you know anybody who wants to be the kit man for this? I said, I'll do the kit man. I'll be kit man. You know, I, I heard, you know, listen to him all the day, how hard the job, and, you know, seven days a week and that. I, I'll do that. I never even met Tommy Wright in my life. So come up and meet Tommy. So went after my shift, at, I was on night shift at the airport, went up and spoke to him. He says, I want to, and then we spoke about football and my time with football, spoke about Jason. Jason Cummins, stepson. Mm-hmm. I that. See, I want a football guy in the dressing room. She said, the job's yours. And that was me. I had obviously a year and a bit being the kit man. Did you enjoy being a kit man? It was brilliant. I loved it. But it was hard work because I obviously had to travel up each day from Edinburgh up to, uh, to 7 o'clock. Get up there for 7 o'clock. And uh, you know, lay out the kit. And it's like, it's like Mo said, every player had their own wee bundle and what they wanted and they cut socks they heard them talking yeah. about that you know, you know I had to cut them and they were all afraid and nightmare you know and um, it's funny because the first game the first game was against Celtic and we got they, they got beat 6-0 against Celtic and Forrest scored a hatching and I'm like what, what am I doing what, what's this I've come into but anyway we went to Motherwell the next, on the next game and we beat them 1-0 scored late on and it was so funny, Mikey, honestly. I started shouting, didn't I? Because it went in the, it went in the injury time and I'm shouting on, Murray, Murray, get back, Murray, get back, get back. And minutes to go, Alec Clellan saying to me, Robert, what are you doing? I said, sit on your backside. It's only Tommy who shouts. I said, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, honestly, I'm only there a week and I went in the Monday and I chapped the door. Alec, come in. I said, look, Gaffer, I need, I need to apologise for Saturday. I said, I kind of got carried away. Um, you know, f- f- wanted this to win and that. I'm just in the door. He says, I love that. He says, I love that. <laughs> well, that honestly, me and Tommy, right, we're different. I used to say to me, what's happening in the dressing room? Wait, what's the player saying? I says, that's not got anything to do with you. I used to say to him, that's not got anything to do with you. What happens in the dressing room? I stay in the dressing room. You just concentrate and pick me at heart, honestly. I... I used to have a great relationship. He'd done some job at St John's, didn't he? I loved him. Brilliant. brilliant. Obviously, COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, what happened. But I, I didn't uh, regret actually being part of that because it was... I, I can mind, like Mo saying about taking the van, the first pre-season. Never done it before. I had to pack the van up. I was there at St John's to yon time, making sure all the players had three sets of kit, all the training kit, all the balls, everything, the boots, the tr- everything packed in the van and I had to drive to Cairn Ryan. I went down to see my mum and dad. I left at four o'clock, went down to see my mum and dad, called in at Dumfries, then went to Cairn Ryan. So I get to the I get to the port. I get to, so I've got a, a foot open the door. I says, is this football kit? Open the door. And you had the, the the bomb thing underneath. I said, well, oh, and I opened the door and the scene on the ah you okay, on the ball. So packed the the hampers and balls, ah, it's unbelievable. Some of work was in there. Oh my god, I, I, I mean, most done absolutely terrific, you know. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a hard job for him to replace him, and it was a hard job 
to replace with Joe. Joe was different class. You know, getting back to with Joe, brilliant. Honestly, he'd done Aladdin's cave, man. He used to go, any chance? No, no, no. And no. He says, Joe, look at all the stuff you've got in there. You must have had it for years ago. You've got loads of kit in there, man. Honestly, brilliant. I think, I'm sure it was Sharpie was saying that he used to have all the hum- brand new Umbro kit. Never. Like never tracky bottoms and jumpers and tracky never tops. The packets, never eat the packets. I can mind I'm playing, I'm playing the reserves. We're up at, we're up at uh, Mewton playing against Perth, uh, playing against St. Johnson. And Joe forgot my boots, didn't he? I said, Joe, where's my boots? Oh, eh, oh, I, can you play with them? I said, no, no, I'm not playing with them. I'm not playing with them, I want my own boots. Oh, I was, because I've been in there, put in the reserves region, I, I, to, when I look back and I say, oh, sorry, Joe. But anyway, that, that game, I ended up at the back post, and I ended up, I don't know if it's on that side or that side, I've got a mark, got a mm-hmm. kick in the head. So, you know, it was split open. So after, so that was me, I hadn't any boots, I've got, I had to go back, so when I came back, I had to go to Queen Margaret and get a stitch in, in here. And it was funny because it gets up, I gets up, I says, nah, it's only one stitch, I don't need a jack. Only one stitch, I'm going to take the jack off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I thought, I need to get a taxi. And the two ambulance drivers were uh, confirming supporters. Ah, Robert, what you sat in a circle, being up in Perth, kicking me, ah, right, how are you getting home? I says, man, I need to jump in the ambulance. Took us back doing up to Scotland Drive. <laughs> I think uh, I bumped into them one night and I saw lads, what are you having to drink? Get yourself a pint. Thanks for that. Take me home in the ambulance. Superb. Community yeah. spirit, eh? Ah, it's great. Brilliant. How do you reflect back on your career for nah, I loved it. I, I've no regrets at all. I haven't got any regrets. I, as I said earlier, I thank Reese Dunferman for giving us the opportunity. Even, even Cooney of the South, you know, all the clubs I've played, I've no, no got any regrets. Um, and I, a wee bit of luck, I might have went higher. I came in, I went to Rangers when John Gregg was the manager. Me and Ryan Alexander went up for a week when John Gregg was the manager. Um, and then Alec Ferguson pulled us up to Aberdeen for a week as well. Uh, he was wanting us to play in a reserve game at Dundee. And we, we actually travelled in the minibus. We stayed, we stayed up at Hazelhead and we travelled in the minibus uh, like... We had uh, Brian Gunn and Dougie Bell, John Hewitt, we Porches, Andy Dorham. Andy Dorham went down to play in Dundee. And uh, obviously we couldn't play because we were signed players we couldn't say. He says, come, come and sit with me. So we sat with Sir Alex in the, in the director's box, right? And it was funny because we went down at half-time. It was nil-nil. Went down at half-time. We stood outside the door. Well, that was the first experience I heard. Like the, the, hair dryer. The, so- the so-called hairdryer chain roasted them. I'm like, I'm looking around. <laughs> that, oh my God. Yeah, it worked. Went out 1 2 0, back up the road. That was it. That was, that's how it worked, wasn't it? Get the players up for it, tell what them what them? was happening. No happy with you. Get it sorted. Three points in the reserves and that and that. And look at the players that were playing then. Yeah, it was just a special went time on, for went them. On to, uh, play, you know, a lot of games for Aye. John Hewitt and that. And that uh, Real Madrid game as Duke spoke about so that you know I haven't I've not any regrets at all I just delighted that I wanted to be a footballer I was a footballer and uh, I was lucky enough to go and do my badges and be a coach uh, Alex Smith and Nachi Knox jockey as well uh, helped us become a coach doing at Largs um, I don't I don't think it happens anymore that that going to obviously Largs has all changed at Inverclyde yeah it? 
a new facility completely. It's Orium now, isn't it? Aye, they, aye, so they do, they, getting your badges and that now is, is a lot different, isn't it? So, um, but, you know, look at Scotland, how well they're doing the now under the Stevie Clark, so hopefully that continues. Is Scottish football a better environment? You know, for when we played, I don't know, because the players, I know it's different generations and that, obviously when we played in the Premier League and Graham Souness was just coming into Rangers and look at the players that he brought to Rangers and then Celtic were, were strong, Aberdeen, you know. Dundee United. Dundee United, you know. Hearts, Hibs, they were all strong, oh, eh? Oh, they were very good players, you know. You know, Hearts had John Robertson and, and Craig Levine and Hibs had John Collins and, you know, very good players. Yeah, so I've, I've no, I've no re any regrets at all because I was lucky enough to be part of that time and and played against the type of players. You know, brilliant, Robert. It was very good. Before we finish, I always do a top five. Uh, so this applies to your time uh -huh. at the Pars. Yeah. Uh, so the most memorable game you played in? Oh, I had to be the Hibs game when I scored the two goals. You know, it's superb. Honestly, great. And my mum and dad were at the game that day as well. You know, my mum sadly passed. Passed away last August, you know, so I kind of miss her. But I'm glad that she's seen us, you know, playing as a professional. She always came to my games, my dad and that, so that was good. Superb. So, game, definitely. Brilliant. Who was your best mate at the club? Honestly, every time, every time that I would say Big Nori, to be fair, mm -hmm. you know, because we, any time we went, I remember Nori, when we went abroad, we were up at, uh, St Andrews, so uh, a lot of time for Norrie, you know, a lot of time. The best player you played against? Played against probably Davy Cooper in the Rangers, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, playing against somebody of that ability, and Matt Walters obviously as well, but I would say Davy Cooper because he was pure quality, wasn't he? Aye, world-class player. Yeah, world-class, uh, exactly, world-class. What was your favourite stadium to play in? You would probably have to say at that time, I Ibrox. Because obviously I've been done up selling with still we selling the stands that they had right now, so probably 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 Ibrox, I would say. And your favourite memory from your time at the club? Uh, favourite memory, I think probably the, the Rangers game, the Scottish Cup. You know, just that whole build up and we weren't meant to beat them. Although it's just where it was round three or round four or whatever it was, we weren't meant to beat them. But we did. And and to beat the the players that they had against us, you know, and we deserved to win that day, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, I can tell. I keep on saying to the boys in here at the soccer shop, but where I work now, you know, I say to Kate, he's a Dunfermline supporter. I keep, I says, you you were a light to your team. He says, I think I would have. I think you might have been my you. I would have been your favourite player. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, you would have been Robo. You would have been. So, um, uh, the good, it was good times. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, I, I would say this Rangers Scottish Cup game. Well, thanks for your time yeah, uh, today. We could speak all night. Oh, we could. Story after story, mate. It's yeah, been brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know the players that I played with and against in, that, in my career, it's, you know, I, I wouldn't change it, to be fair. You know, my, my time at Dunfermline, I wish them all the best. That's great. They've got promotion. Um, uh, hopefully 
Jason McBake has taken a few leads off me and Alec when he was a young player. <laughs> you know, I've, not, I've never spoken to him since he came to Dunfermline, to be fair, so maybe get the opportunity next next year when when I come as I'm sure you will. the, uh, the ex-players again. So It's always great to see you back at East End, Robert. Yeah, it's great. Uh, good memories, to be fair, and uh, good people as well. Yeah. Good people at the club. So, delighted. Thanks again for your time, mate. Yeah, great. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, which is available on all popular platforms such as Apple iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Thanks to our guest on this episode of Walking Down the Hobbyth Road. This podcast was produced by Jan Mokiewicz and music supplied by Stuart Dusty Miller. We look forward to speaking to another former player in the next episode. Thank you for listening.